Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 237. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's cracking? And despite telling you that he was not going to be here, uh, due to potential dying diseases, uh, Connor is here. I am. I may have developed a slight cough in the last few days and that, that means I'm not allowed to get to work. So here I am, I guess. Yes. Uh... Everyone's scared of the cough right now. Rightfully so, but it's just amusing that a lot of things that normally wouldn't keep you from work are now keeping yes, you from work. My, my work is extra strict as well, because I, I have taken a test uh, waiting for the results, but even if it's negative, I still have to wait a full 10 days before I'm allowed to work again. On the upside, your knack for failing every test you've ever sat is going to come in handy for this one. Hey, I'm, I'm actually really good at tests. Like, test conditions uh, suit me wonderfully. I just thought it was a good Except show. for quizzes on the show. <laughs> I mean proper tests. He's lost all of those. You're right. Matt won all those. Very yeah, good point. but pro proper tests, like exams. Uh, yeah, I mean they, they suit me way more than, than than they should. I think that just tells you the education system is broken if it's benefiting you somehow. Uh, this is a DC. I'm a very Comics. smart person. Thank you very much. This is a DC Comics podcast. We talk about comics every week. Oh, where did Connor go? Uh, we talk about <laughs> comics every week. And uh, coming up on this week's show, and he's supposed to know say, Connor, how dare I, you? I didn't. I don't know what happened. I said I'm very smart, thank you very much, and then Skype kicked me off the call. Well, Skype, like, what did you do? Skype clearly disagrees. Uh, I'll fi I'll fix the placement of it. Let me do the intro of the show. Uh, the chaos that's started off on this episode. I'm not having it. Uh, started off. So coming up on this week's show. We have Deceased Dead Planet Issue 7, we have another week of Future State books, we have Future State The Next Batman Issue 2, Future State Superman Worlds at War Issue 1, Future State Immortal Wonder Woman Issue 1, Future State Nightwing Issue 1, Future State Catwoman Issue 1, and Future State Shazam Issue 1. We also have Batman Catwoman Issue 2, Rorschach Number 4, and then Connor's got a couple of uh, Patreon books to, to talk about this week, he's catching up still. He's got Red Hood 52 and Undiscovered Country Issue 11, so that's what's coming up on this week's show. Um, Matt did also read Legion of Superheroes issue 12, but I'll just let him say that in about a sentence or two before we start everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> just to keep it from adding to the, uh, adding to the numbers. Uh, so that's what's, uh, coming up on this week's episode. Uh, and mercifully, there's no news to talk about, so we can pretty much just get straight to the books. That said, however, I'm going to ask Matt how his week is as I fix the cameras before we start that. Yeah, you, you do that. Um, I'm Okay. I've been dealing with sinus issues for like a week now and I'm just, I'm over it. Um, trying to get into a doctor's right now is also a real pain in the ass. Yeah, I bet so, it is. So, uh, and then on top of that, getting called back into work, yet nobody knowing what's going on with the vaccine issue here in this country. It's just wonderful. So it's just a recipe for me feeling like absolute garbage today. Oh, but so I'm good. here. Maybe a cheery episode. Cheery episode. Yeah. Hopefully comics cheer me up a little bit. Uh, you already know how Connor's week's been. We covered yeah. that quite thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, I had a mundane week. I don't know. I have nothing particularly exciting. To oh! <laughs> I did have to put out a fire, a literal fire last night. Uh, like, In your home? Yes, literally a fire on the stove. Oh, dear. There was, there was, there was a, a towel. There was a what fire. What did you set on fire? A towel, as I just said. Oh, I thought you were using the towel to put the fire out. No, no, no there's like, a towel. That's a common thing. The towel caught on fire. Um, it was nothing serious happened, but it, it it just it was scary for a split second when I discovered just the flame just casually going. 
clearly it just started though, because the smoke alarm hadn't even, even had, yeah, a, had I, a whisper I, yet. I, I think you're fine. Yes, but yeah. um, it was definitely a sight to walk in on. So that was my uh, excitement for the week. Uh, so <laughs> we'll get to the, the week's books uh, as as we do. Actually, there was one minor DC related point. Uh, you could hear me and Carl talk about this properly on the TV news that goes out uh, on Monday, I think. Maybe Sunday. But, uh, for some reason, the new Superman show is trying to be Man of Steel, and I don't know why. Uh, if you've checked out the trailer for the CW show, it's very odd. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't know yet that it's going to be terrible, but it's a CW show, so probably. I, I mean, to be fair, the best thing about Man of Steel were the trailers, but the fact that the trailer's actively trying to be Man of Steel is very odd. Uh, I thought I'd mention that, since that actually happened this week. Uh, but yes, let's get to the books. Let's talk about uh, DC Comics. Uh, so we'll start off with our own future state book. We'll start off with Deceased Dead Planet, number seven. Um, not that I'm just giving that to Tom Taylor for top billing. That, that wasn't really the, the logic here. The logic was more, uh, it's not a black label, and I'll put something before future state just to shake things up. <laughs> yeah. Although out of all the books, it should be black label. I feel like Deceased should be. Yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah. It's I mean, kind of weird that it's not. Yeah. It doesn't actually go far enough to say that it needs to be for the mature rating, but given that it's about zombies and a lot of murder, you would think that it would... Right, but on the same logic, uh, Strange Adventures is Black Label, yes? Yes. And mm-hmm. that actively, you know, censors the swearing. But, you know, as a creative choice, they've said that they, well, they wanted to. So it's like, I mean... It censors the swearing, but I would argue the themes of that book are actually quite mature. Sure, but I mean, you can have mature themes in a child-friendly book quite easily. You can. I wouldn't say Strange Adventures is child-friendly, though. I mean, I wouldn't say it's unfriendly for children. They just wouldn't get it. They probably wouldn't enjoy it. No, they would like it. It would, it would just be weird to them. But yeah, uh, I think if this is a black label book, because I think it's you know the, what it's talking about, what it's doing is very mature, even if it's essentially in the swearing. Uh, this is Dead Planet. Uh, it's kind of pulpy. Despite its dark subject matter, yeah, I mean, but, this yeah, it sometimes androids versus zombies. So I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I wasn't saying that Strange Adventures shouldn't be black label. Just more, I mean, yeah, maybe this should be as well. Oh, I'm glad. To yeah, know. I just it, it's just weird. Like it, it exists in its own little world. I mean, they it started off as a mini, and then it got that that. You know, the Unkillables, which was a mini of a mini, I guess you could call it, right? Um, the and prestige. Then the sequel, yeah, and then the sequel, and then in between that, you have the the digital first that might not ever be released physically. You know, we haven't seen anything yet. I don't... So, uh, maybe it will eventually, but from what yeah. I read, it didn't seem like it was friendly to being transferred into the no. format. So it just... It... Dead Planet just exists as its own thing, so I mean, I, I get why it's not just black label, but at the same time, um, I feel like it needs its own banner. I guess deceased is that at this point. Yeah, it's funny because honestly, this is obviously the final issue. This is issue seven, and I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like this is really leaving it in a place that feels obvious for it to continue in any way. It feels like a nice neat ending. It's, it's the ending of the deceased zombie storyline, right? But also. Leaves it in a place where you could tell stories in this world with this Justice League, no problem. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, you totally could. Uh, what, do they want to do that? Is that a plan? I have no idea. Uh, 
this this could totally be where we leave this and never come back and it would be perfectly fine you'd have this little trilogy of deceased unkillables and dead planet and it would be a perfect little run to read so essentially an 18 issue run when you know in terms of the page count yeah um that would make a very nice you know oversized hardcover yeah, yeah, uh, nice little yeah. Plus that one shot they did in the middle oh, of the yeah, first yeah. one, so you got about nineteen issues of you know. Bear with talk about the actual issue. Talk about how it wraps mm-hmm. up and, and ends and the kind of the final big moments that uh, we have here, which you know involves uh, John being very uh-huh. Superman uh, and Constantine. Doing some Being very, very Constantine. Very, very Constantine <laughs> yeah. Yes, notably, I had um, to not call him John because that would have just made things confusing. Yeah. Too many Johns. It comes suspect, down to two Johns. I, I suspect that is the exact reason why. Uh, whenever we have like Satana narrating it, mm. and there are points when she mentions Constantine in a way where you'd feel like she would probably normally say John, but I feel like just to even, mm-hmm. even though it's spelled differently, I do think they did that as an intentional choice to make it clear. Just who she's talking about yeah. without any oh. thought involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom Taylor's really good at big moments. Like, this, because this book's full of them. Oh, like, Matt, we, we knew coming that. in with the insight, I see. But no, just like, we knew this, this is the last issue and it's going to end with a bang, but I didn't realize there's going to be like four different ones. Yeah. Right. Did... And, and each of them all feel very right and fulfilling. Yeah, it kind of breaks down into sort of... I mean, there's a lot of tease with Trigon and Zatanna and Phantom Stranger at the start, but it then breaks down to John and Damien fighting uh, an Amazo on the way to the Australian base where the villains have been. So they're, they're trying to basically turn off all the Amazos at the source. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a moment where John, in his narration at the very least, says, oh, he just tried to kill my best friend. Like, I'm I'm not holding back now uh, right. <laughs> to, to the Amazo robot. Uh, which kind of is a sweet moment. Like, the idea that he gets defensive because something almost kills Damien. He's like, no, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not having this now. Right, enough of this shit. Uh, but you have a couple of sweet moments. You have a moment where the, the military that are working for the villains refuse to attack Superman with their, whatever plan they've got to take on a, a Superman-like yep. being. And John thanks them for it afterwards. And it's kind of well, a like, sweet moment. Well, like, dude, I'm not hurting Superman. Like, there's a line yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Millions of innocent people turn to zombies, yes. Superman, no. I, I get it, though. It, <laughs> I understand where these guys are coming from because, as far as they're aware, they're zombies. They're dead. Just mm-hmm. you know, take them out. Let's like let's let's make the world safe for the rest of us. But this is super. That's different. Oh yeah, as it's pointed out, even in this issue, none of these characters know that there's a cure. Uh, yeah, right. that, that is not knowledge. Even when Superman and and Batman are talking about it, they're saying, "Hey, yeah, these these villains like they don't actually know that we can cure everyone yet." So. We can't hold it against them that they had this plan in place. We can't really. Uh, meanwhile, you've got Wallace speeding around, delivering the cure with his cure gun. As fast as possible. Like, yeah. Eh. And him and him and John saying that they'll race, and they'll meet in Asia. You know, you go this way, you go that way. That's another yeah. one that just felt right. The idea um, is that they're trying to stay ahead of the Amazos because the Amazos mm-hmm. won't target anyone that's alive. Right. Yeah, so. you could have almost done a full issue of that, just like them trying mm-hmm. to stay. Ahead. That could have been a fun, like tense issue. But there's there's so much else going on in here because we have to also fight Trigon. <laughs> yeah, it's like fight... three pages in this at most. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, and I like how the um, Australia stuff resolves itself with they're they're all standing there and Penguin automatically recognizes Damien. He's like, "You're the Robin," right? Mm. And that's when they go to shoot Superman, and they say no. And all of a sudden, 
he just falls to the ground. And you find out that Constantine has used the uh, Ragman's cloak to basically pull all the corrupt souls that are in that bunker. Uh, <laughs> so a nice bit of, of commentary out of Tom Taylor. Quite, quite, quite uh, a feast you know. as uh, well, I'd imagine, given the characters yeah, that were in that bunker. <laughs> you know, all these people yep. that were just self-serving during a, a plague, you know, of, it's, it filled up, you know, to the brim. Uh, so Constantine could fight Trigon, uh, which, uh, again, I appreciate Tom Taylor's version of Trigon, who's essentially just the devil, right? Like, mm -hmm. in, in other continuities, he's, like, just one of the demons or, uh, you know, a multidimensional being. But here, like, no, he represents the, the eternal damnation of afterlife as he keeps taunting Constantine with. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah Constantine... I, I like when he is like the the, the king of demons, uh, which yeah. we see sometimes. Mm. Constantine does knock him down, but ultimately his plan is to be killed, so that he because he's right. taken Dead Man's powers. So now, as Ghost Constantine yeah. is how he's actually going to beat Trigon. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that, that that's kind of which how was real it wraps cool up. too with, with Taylor doing the narration from Constantine, where he works in all the different magical aspects, you know, with the speed of Mercury and the strength of Hercules and you know, to, you know, combined with the forces of order. Yeah, it was and like it, using Xanadu's crystal ball to, you know, just see far enough into the future to avoid the attacks. Right, and and then he would come back around on the next part of the attack because he had the wisdom of Solomon to know. And you're just like, oh, man, and then you see him get taken down, and you're like, crap, which I forgot that he had taken Dead Man's power. Like, I know that was a big moment, but with how fast this book has moved, I forgot that was a plot point. So then when he appears to Zatanna as a ghost and he's wearing dead man's like costume. I thought that was pretty cool. Like he's got the big D on the front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it's all Zatanna's narrating the whole, this whole, you know, many has been mm -hmm. Zatanna narrating. So, uh, her perspective and sort of being very reminiscent and saying goodbye, uh, to him and all that. It has a lot of moments. Uh, basically we get a montage at the end of like various characters who were still, in one piece to come come back alive uh -huh. <laughs> if you will cool. uh including you know uh uh jonathan kent for example is like uh -huh. hey you've grown you've grown Grandpa. you know you've grown you've grown my grandson uh yeah. <laughs> quite a bit because... well and, and it kind of reminds me of endgame too because like this is like the post uh yeah well that's what i was going to say is for all these people who have just came back from being a zombie no time yep. to them no time has passed uh right. but all these people who left the earth and came back have been gone for what was it five years some of that yeah some of that yeah yeah so, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Also, at the beginning, we I skipped over the the new Justice League kind of. We get to see them go fight the Amazos, mm. and you have uh, Cassie's Wonder Girl and Cass's Batgirl with you know the the lightning effect and Mary Marvel and like I want this team. I want a book with this team. Like, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is is yeah. uh, I think Big Bard is on it as well. You know, we've Barda. Got, yeah, we got like uh, this team here where. Okay, we can continue in the deceased universe. It, it won't be deceased with the zombie stuff. That's dealt with. Right. But we could play with this Justice League if we wanted to. Um, and yeah. maybe Taylor does want to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I guess it's a real cool like, like selection of characters that, that he went with. And just when you read all of these, like, because what's cool about these two is you don't have to read them all. But if you do, it this all adds up. So yeah, you know, the. 
the fact that Cass has gone through so much to get to this point where she has the bat suit back on and she's taking out the Amazos. It's just, it's a real good feeling. And the Mary Marvel, you know, she's yeah. attacking with the living I, lightning. I also think that ending the book, because at the end of this montage, the final page of the book is actually, uh, you know, it's Dinah and Ollie. And I think mm-hmm. not just because she's been like promising them all this mini that she's going to somehow find a way to bring him back, but because they were such a core part of that first mini, mm-hmm. it's a nice way of feeling like bookending the entire run uh, yeah. because it's like they were such a central part of the first story that having this end with them kissing and her having him back was a, a, like a really nice a nice touch yeah. it, you know it, it, it proves that, that Tom Taylor as, as much as he can devastate us on a regular basis <laughs> does like to leave his stories hopeful at the end well that's the thing I mean I think Taylor's devastation is always based on knowing exactly what we care about so that's why yeah. it always hurts you know he knows what buttons to push it's not just yeah. it's not that he's getting things wrong we're getting mad at him it's like no he's pu- he's pulling the strings that you know why we care about i say uh mm-hmm. dick and a babs relationship or why we care about uh you know to any pair like why we care about that particular pair and he knows how to make it hurt <laughs> mm-hmm. so much um yeah, no, it's just, it's it's hard to find much fault if you've been enjoying this this series, you've been enjoying yeah. this saga since it started, and well, it must have been twenty eighteen. This all started now. Yeah, I, I think so. Maybe twenty eighteen. It was October twenty eighteen, wasn't it? It was. It, I'm sure it was towards the end of the year. Was it? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, um, I just remember the great movie. Uh, like they started off the variants were like really good. And they've gotten a little bit, you know, I don't want to say worse. But less inspired as we've gone. Yeah, the, the um, art has not gotten worse. It's just the uh, the concepts yeah. of what movie posters are taking have gotten a little they bit. They could pull from, right? Because <laughs> that Blade Runner one was really cool, but like they started off as horror with, because I, when yeah. I was organizing my comics, I have the first couple that were like really inspired. Like the, I, the I think it. the problem is, is that DC seems to have insisted, or Warner Brothers seems to have insisted yeah. that the posters have to be Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. And I feel like that limited their choice a bit. After they'd mm-hmm. done the obvious, like, four or five, it was like, oh, yep. oh, yeah. now we have to start doing other genres. And Yeah. I, so... I just checked, by the way. Uh, the first issue was May uh, 2019. Oh, there you go. Really? The, the reason I thought oh, October yeah. was that's when the first mini ended. It had its final issue the day before Halloween. Uh, so that's kind of why okay. that was in I mean, my head. I mean, it just shows you how little a gap there was then between that and Inkillables. Because Inkillables was the start right. of 2020. Uh... Did it start in 2020? I don't know if it started, but the last issue or two were in 2020. It was right at the start of the year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so it shows you how much, much of a gap there's not been between the uh, the various parts, which is is nice. Uh, and it's kind of why it's kind of felt like an ongoing in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, it has just felt like we've had a deceased book for you know a year mm-hmm. and a half, give or take. Yeah. But hey, uh, but Taylor's got other things to do at DC, so I mean, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be seeing them elsewhere, uh, including ongoing nightwing baby so mm-hmm. what are you going to give issue seven of deceased dead planet <laughs> matt <laughs> i'm gonna go with a nine i think it it really uh handled the juggling of all the stories real well and gave us a fitting end that didn't like it should have felt rushed right because there was a lot going on with the end of the last one and all of this just it hit its you know pacing real well so yeah nine yeah it was set up well enough i don't think you felt that too much uh connor uh, i'm gonna go with an 8.5 and not that i think it feels rushed but i do think maybe we could have had an extra issue uh, i know this is already seven but just one more feels like 
just to, you know, this last issue was particularly dense, even though it read quite quickly still. Uh, there was a lot in it that I feel like, no, we could have explored a little bit more with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with an eight. I, I think I, I've liked this the, this book a lot, but I think it almost suffers a little bit because I think Unkillables was like next level stuff. I think Unkillables <laughs> is the best part of Deceased. That, that three issue... Yeah, that's fair. Many, uh, I think, is the the crown jewel of this whole thing. Uh, this was good though, and it paid off a lot of stuff that it had been setting up. So I just I also just remember uh, remembered. Now there's a cure. Superman's still in the sun. <laughs> I, so yeah, maybe, maybe a potential sequel would have John yeah, like, going to the sun. And... I mean, I'm surprised yeah. Matt didn't gush about how how well he treated the idea of Superman here. You're literally defying oh. fate. Is like you know he was supposed to die, but. He's Superman, screw it. Right, because he's a spec. And yeah. as a spec, I'm ta- telling you, you're stopping. Exactly. Uh, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, here today, try gone tomorrow, as they say. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> You love it, Connor. You pretend you don't, but you don't. I'm not going to miss this shit. <laughs> future State, the next Batman issue two will start off our Future State books uh, for the week. Obviously, we like issue one quite a bit. At least the main story, obviously backups are a bit more hit and miss but uh once is again is there a way for us just to get the main story and not have to deal with the backups <laughs> that, that would be lovely point, wouldn't it well i, I feel, well i think it. next next issue now that you've sampled all the backups that you've that we're going to get because it's all just part twos now of the backups we've already start, had i think next time if you want to just not read the backups you can you have that choice uh, i mean yeah but you're right still now, spending eight dollars for what 25 pages yeah, we, Matt, we knew this was, as soon as we started talking about DC putting backups into their books, we knew this was going to be a possibility I, I, with some no, of them. I get where Matt's coming from. It feels a little bit more significant on these books, like this one in particular, and I think the, the Superman one this, this week, which uh-huh. are so big and such a price compared to, well, you know, it, it's an extra, like most of the backups that are going forward are like, oh, it's an extra dollar for, you know, yeah, 10 pages yeah. of backup, whereas this right. is like quite significantly more than that. And it's not like, to me, and, and I'm glad you brought up Superman too, the main story versus the backups, the gap is huge. And and I really wanted to like the backups in, in this one, and I just, uh, yeah, well, we'll get to it. But yeah. so far in this particular book, the Outsiders backup was mm-hmm. fantastic. Everything yes. else, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Because, um, I mean, I... I had a lot of pages to read this week, and certainly two of these books being 60-plus pages uh, yeah. was not super helpful in that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the main story here, uh, I did like again. Uh, now, the art is good. It's not as good as the first issue, because it's not the same no. art. It's not Darrington again. It's Darrington's still doing the breakdowns, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, Laura Braga's doing the, the finishes. Who's still good, but yeah. not as good. It's, <laughs> At least, well, t- it's, it's more taste, blocky. Taste-depending. Yeah, it's more reminiscent of Dexter Soy and the thick lines and the kind of blockiness that I don't know. Like, Darrington had a, like a, a flow to it. And I know he's still doing the breakdowns, but I don't know. Like, the uh, this art felt more, like, stiff. Uh, and that, yeah. Not that that makes it bad. It's just it's different. Honestly, one of the biggest differences as well, I feel, is we've got a different colorist. Because um, we had a Tamara Bonvillain on the first issue. Uh, it's uh, Arif Prianto on this one, and it's—I I feel the difference. You know, it, it's not as 
uh, deep with the colors. I, I mean, you know, is, is a way I'd describe the first issue of this. I feel bad for saying anything negative about it, honestly, because if we didn't have the art in the first issue, there, yeah. there'd be very little to talk, like, complain about. This would not be something we look at and say, oh, this is no. subpar art or anything like that. But because but it's not subpar art, it's just, it's not like, but, when I opened it up and it wasn't Darrington, I was like, oh. Yeah, because okay, because we had the first issue, because we had the different art, and then we come to this instead, um, instantly it has to be compared because it's issue two of a right. thing. And I still think there are some very, very good art in this story, um, but it's not as good. And I think it's a little bit disappointing that it's a four-issue mini that we've known about for a while, that you know we couldn't get the same artist on on just all four stories. Just you know, get ahead on it. I don't know. This is my vibe on on Future State thus far. Is it definitely felt like not that it was like necessarily thrown together, but there is a hey, kind of try what you want, right? It, I, I think. The fact that we didn't, they didn't have enough lead time to have the same artist for, you know, four issues worth over two months tells me that maybe this was thrown together a little bit more last minute than we maybe yeah. thought before. I don't know if I agree with that because and it's kind of what I was going to say when you were complaining about there not being the same artist in all four issues, which I agree I would rather have. But I feel like I hear you make that complaint a lot. And it's not that it's an unvalid complaint, it's more that. That's just the way comics are now, <laughs> and clearly they have but, no interest in changing it. So I, what? What? Well, no, no, but here's what, the thing: no, I disagree with that. Hold on, let me th- finish my point here. I don't necessarily think it indicates the future state was something. It may have been. I'm not saying it wasn't, but I don't necessarily think it indicates indicates anything because I feel like comics in general have been that way for a long time now. No, this this is where I disagree. I think DC comics have been that way for the last. Well, few that's years, what I mean. Especially. I'm talking. I'm talking about DC because that's what we always talk about. Right, but it's 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 the the double shipping that's mostly been the cause of this. Uh, beyond that, they've mostly stuck to artists for full arcs, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's what I mean when you when you especially with them. This is a this is a mini series where they have that awareness of this is all it is. This is something they're going to want to sell in bookstores in the future. I feel like it would be really easy to get give them the lead time and have this be more consistent, especially as it's not like Nick Darrington's not on this issue at all. He's still doing the, the breakdowns. So he was clearly still involved. It's not like they divvied this up straight away. This was, okay, it's not going to be finished. We'll hand it over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm that's ju- just my thing too. And, and I don't want to say that. I mean, I feel a lot of the backups are half-baked, but again, the main stories, like I feel like this is a story that Ridley's, been wanting to tell for a while just because kind of what we had heard with generations those rumblings early back you know so again i feel like this the, the main stories are fine and, and then like yeah i give or take different art like that's not going to change how i feel about the story at the end of the day right but just some of them putting together the backups the ones that they choose and the the creative teams on those backups and then alternating those backups. I think it just, a, a, a lot of the it backups... It feels like they're just trying stuff to see if it works. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think that's actually a bad thing, to be honest. I, the backups, to me, it feels less like they're half-baked and more like they want to try a lot of new names. Not that every name on these backups are new, but a lot of right. them are. A lot of them are fresh mm-hmm. names in DC that I don't recognize. And I feel like, yeah, there's probably a, a, a sort of... like Let's just try some different things, let different writers and uh, artists right. try different stories. Um, and some of them work better than others. Some of them feel a bit extraneous. Um, the problem is, though, is if you don't put them on a, a Batman book like this as backups, then how many people are going to read them? Uh, is kind of the 
the long-standing problem that and, we and have. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. They're they're just throwing stuff up against the wall. Um, and, I think and we'll get the, there. The, there's there's probably some backups more than others that are inherently more sellable as titles. Like you know, the the second one in this is a you know the the name of the story is Batgirls. That book probably sells just based on its own name. No matter what team you stick on it, you can stick you know someone with no 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 experience at DC Comics whatsoever. But you say, all right, we'll put out a Batgirls book for Future State. That probably sells as a two-issue mini. It maybe does. Batgirl wasn't really selling that well beforehand, though, so I'm not sure if that's as true as it once was. But uh, again, that's just like an ongoing problem we've, we've had mm. uh, across the board, particularly at DC, where you have to slap everything on a Batman uh, book or, to a lesser extent, some of the other big characters. But that's... Uh, I don't know. It's... I feel like doing a bunch of backups and seeing, you know, throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. I honestly think that's a bad thing, though. Like, I, I don't know what the no. the alternative to that is. Like, do you want them to try things internally and just not let things see the light of day if they don't work? That's kind of what no, the editorial I just don't process spend, is for, right? I just don't want to spend eight dollars on something that I don't like and it feels a waste of my time. <laughs> that that's all. Well, yeah. that's that's a more a critique of just the the, the anthology. Decision no, I, and here. I know, but a lot of this future state stuff, I feel like, especially after, and, and it's just because this issue of Batman, and then when we get to Superman, it feels so backloaded that I rather have just had the main story, and then if they want to do an anthology, but like you said, that's not going to sell. So how how are they going to do it? And I understand that, but I guess it just comes down to disappointment because I want all the backups to be like the outsiders level where. Like, hey, this is something fun, and people can latch onto these characters, versus the ones that I read this week that I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I could have been reading something else in the time that I spent for this. Especially this week, I'm just a little cranky because no, I, I get it. I think uh... I, I let I I broke my own rule of going. I'm not going to read all of these, and then as I'm looking at them, I'm like, I guess I'm reading them all. And, and now you're like, shouldn't have read all of them. <laughs> I shouldn't have, because then I, I ran out of time to read stuff that I kind of wanted to read and had to rush through, you know? So, you know, and that's just this week, I've learned my lesson, and I just wish, like, hey, maybe I didn't need to read all the Superman ones, you know? I think uh, just, just in a broad strokes, looking at the, the, the week as a whole, not to spoil too much as we go forward, I think I enjoyed the Superman backups more than I do in this Batman book, for example. Um, but again, I think the, the key difference that Matt was getting at is the, the level of quality between the main story and then mm. the backups is still pretty significant. Yeah, I'm going to try to put some positive spins and arguments into this because yeah. I feel like if I let you two just go right now, this is just going to no, be a fine. miserable negative about... discussion. So I, no, I'm, I'm trying to make sure there's a voice going against that for the people listening. Yeah, yeah and I get that. <laughs> Let's talk about how great the next Batman was. Well, I, yeah, I mean... Know, yeah, because also this has went really down a, a path um, rather than staying focused on the story at hand, which makes the one that's cut up for YouTube going to be really weird <laughs> and uh, not very focused at all. Uh, no, next Batman, uh, the main story here, he's investigating a murder. Uh, two culprits have murdered someone. And a lot of this, the issue, a lot of the main story here is action. It's him running from the magistrate uh, police force. It's uh, a lot of, and it's a really well-drawn stuff, again. The fact that the art's disappointing compared to the first issue does not take away from the fact that it's very there's, pretty. And this like one, three pages in particular that stand out. Where the the first page is all the horizontal panels. There's like five or six, uh, and then you have six vertical panels, and then you have a third page of uh, of when Batman's running away. 
Um, I, I think that's the bit that leads into the uh, the, the 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 moment from well, which which Dark Knight was it Dark Knight? The, Rises. That moment was it was it Rises? You're thinking of when he's looking down the alleyway and it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, is it there? Yeah, that rises. Uh, I'm forgetting which one it is, but I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we're doing that here now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the coloring is, I mean, the colorist is different, so it has a different feel to it, but the color palette is definitely the same. They're trying to match what colors are being used. It's um, the same colors, they're just not as dark, is, is the big takeaway I have seen when I, when I, because I flicked back and compared between them. Yeah. Um, but it's maybe the same world is the point I'm making, though. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so, and we get more of, uh, uh Lucius's wife with the, with the mayor, the, the whole hunt, I, hunting down the masks. The mayor with a, an eye patch. Cool look. Yes. You know? That's like, the guy yeah. I was talking about before in, um, I think that's in, uh, that issue of Detective that I read, uh, mm -hmm. last week for, for the Patreon book. And yeah. I mentioned how there was the other, the guy running for mayor with the eye patch. Right. Uh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, I, don't sense, so. I, don't I don't remember this at all, but sure. I'll take your word for no, it. I, it was I, a whole thing in that issue last week. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with what I like about this too is like it, it feels like year one, you know, with with this Batman because he's making big mistakes, right? He kind of lets oh, himself yeah. get cornered. I mean, the by fact that the police force, which is different than the peacekeepers that we've seen, right? Yeah, the, like, the, the fact that the next scene is him and a. Like a shipping container, like with his wound. It is very year one of yeah. him, like nursing. He's like, he's like, oh right. shit, I let the cops get to him. And, you know, that's a big and, moment and, in Batman year one. Yeah, and he's yeah. yeah, and he's like, I can't take them all by myself. I need to get away from here. And that's where he gets clipped. And he's talking about how his how his suit has enough compression to keep the blood flow, but he's gonna need to get help. And he starts talking to who I'm assuming is like his Alfred, who almost has like a seeming like a Russian accent. Just for for some of the dialogue choices here, which is interesting, uh, but yeah, I just I really like how flawed and, and it's revealed who this Batman is. We finally see without the the mask, which mm -hmm. is anticlimactic for us as tapped in as we are, but still a good moment. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I think it helps that it's not actually meant to be a big huge moment. It's not like a big shocking reveal. It's more of a downbeat kind of personal moment. Yeah, this is when he's bleeding inside the shipping container and yeah. it's just, he has the mask off. We don't even see him take it off. No. When we cut there, he has it off. And, and don't know, his face is in shadow for the first few panels where we see mm -hmm. it. Uh, and, and we have a reveal with the lighting, so to speak. Yeah, uh, but it's very low-key, it, it though. It isn't treated like a big... Yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's... treated like a big, oh, you didn't see this coming moment. The low-key reveal. No. Uh, so, yeah, we have, like, the... Because the, the Gotham Police Force are basically working for the Magistrate. Uh, and we basically... Yeah, it says that they're they're like a private police force at this point so like they've been yeah gotham pd has been privatized which is like the worst case scenario um yeah and some of the, they were already corrupt and some of the detectives are clearly against us and don't like you know what where this is all leading uh but uh they, they get a window where batman's going because they really track his comms or whatever um batman tracks down these two culprits uh, goes into a fight with them, and very quickly one of them yells stop and unmasks. And it turns out to be this this married couple who killed who they killed because he murdered their daughter. Uh, so it adds this kind of like dark kind of like sense of justice, this empathy to, to what they've done. It's not just a clear cut case of, oh, two thugs murdered someone in cold blood. Uh, or, you know, whatever. It, 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 there's just something more to it. Uh, and this Batman clearly differentiated himself from Bruce, uh, you know, even sort of questions 
or you know, the way he narrates it, he's like, yeah, I believe the guilty deserve to get what they get. Uh, like, his, his instinct isn't immediately to, oh, I'm taking you in for murder. And maybe that's what he'd ultimately decide to do. He doesn't get a chance to, though, because, of course, the cliffhanger is very quickly approaching, which is the uh, the cop showing up uh, right. to take him on. And that's and that's what you see, too, is, like, under normal circumstances, if this police state wasn't taking over Gotham, maybe he would have. But the fact, like, to to him, they're no better than, you know, what else was going on. The, the, the justice in the hands of these people is better than the justice of the magistrate. Um, we, you know, that's the vibe I was getting anyways from it. So yeah, it definitely yeah. sounds like we're in a very shades of grey Gotham right now, where there's not a mm-hmm. lot of good, and this is at least there's a more of a sense of justice in what they've done for the daughter than anything that's going on with the system. Right. Uh, right. You know, so I mean, whether or not he has a harsh no killing rule like we think of as mm-hmm. Batman, that's something I think we'll discover maybe. Uh, right. It definitely seems like he doesn't. It, it seems like he's not a brutal killer, though. It doesn't seem like he's going to his way to kill no. anyone. But if, no. he, if he lets this slide, for example, is maybe an interesting character beat that'll differentiate him from, you know, Bruce. Well, and we also get uh, his his mom talking about what the masks have done to her family, and uh, about how the the Fox Tech is kind of what is propping up the magistrate, you know, and all this different technology, and they came to her because the law, as it's written constitutionally, wouldn't hold up in that she's not against the law for what it stands for, but how it's being enacted. So that's her with the mayor. And they, they hint of what happened to her daughter that the maths are involved with. So that added another wrinkle. Like what, what, what happened to Tam so bad that it caused her mom to do this, the, you know, her dad to side with, it seems like the magistrate and then her, her brother to take up the, the mantle of Batman, you know, like, yeah, it definitely seems uh, like, I like that. a plot beat we're going to be getting to in this mm-hmm. in this story. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure, or at the very least, heavily teased for sort of the the, yeah. uh, the the other series that's coming can tackle it. Yeah. Uh, nah, I like this though. I I, I think mm-hmm. you know this hunting down. I mean, all of this action, uh, and it looks very good. But I I think this uh, the idea of this just not being a couple of you know bad guys as it were, uh, and being something a little bit more. It would be like a sort of revenge movie kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's certainly a bit more interesting. So. Yeah. Probably didn't like it as much as the first chapter, but I don't know how much of that is the art it's, and how much of that is it's, the... It's still good. I still yeah. like the next Batman. You know, yeah. that's... This, this main story is still really solid, and, you know, mm-hmm. when we get to the individual ratings, it's still reasonably high. Just probably not as high as the first issue, mostly mm-hmm. because of the art. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're pretty much there, unless there's any other points yeah. people want to make about the this this story. Just, uh, I didn't read. I read a uh, Nightwing before I read this one, mm-hmm. and I was very mm-hmm. confused by this couple. I'm like, are they the same couple as in Nightwing? Oh right, mm-hmm. no, I read this first. <laughs> Never uh, crossed my mind. Uh, Matt, what are you rating this first story then? I'm I'm gonna give this a seven point five. Connor, uh, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I was thinking straight eight as well. Uh, so that's the first story. We will rate as a whole at the end, as we've been doing with these more mm-hmm. anthology books, especially with these ones that have got like the backups are basically full size stories. Because uh, like the first issue is three twenty page stories, uh, except unli- you're not getting part two of the backups from last issue. You're getting part ones of another set, and then you're getting part twos uh, and issue three of the first set and issue four of this set. <laughs> it makes sense in your head if you if you've wrapped your head around it, but 
No, yeah. no, it makes sense. I just, yeah. well, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the Batgirl's story, which that naturally was one of these stories that I was the most excited for, just based on, oh, it's Cass mm-hmm. and it's Steph, and it's a Batgirl story. Um, really yeah. curious to see what this is going to end up being. Yeah, I, I have a, a pretty major critique immediately in that I, I didn't like, like know, oh, this is the Batgirl story. I'd forgotten what was in the issue. I just kind of started mm-hmm. reading it. And there's you know, a, a character revealed pretty early on, like a couple of pages in, that if I hadn't read one of the other books last week, I would not have known who this was for pages. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of unforgivable. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fair point. I, my Here's my biggest critique with this one. It's way overwritten. Oh, yeah. Too, it's, it's, yeah. Far too many words, that's for sure. you're dealing with Cass, whose main character point is she doesn't speak a whole lot. Well, and when she does... She, you listen, right? I'll, like, I'll make two points on that. One, uh-huh. I think it's fair to accept that years in the future she speaks uh, more fluent, right? I think that's a fair point to make, is that she wouldn't still be speaking the same broken English she does now. Uh, two, uh, I will say that she doesn't actually have that much dialogue. I mean, don't get me wrong, the bubbles she does have are far more wordy than she normally does. It does stick out. But when she meets Steph, like, most of those bubbles for, like, four pages are just Steph monologuing for constant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And- yeah, and, 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 and is it like, did is, you guys get that it was Steph right away? Or is it or just because you knew it was Batgirls, maybe? I knew it, was, knew it from her because of the, the one before. Yeah, the Robin book the, last week. Yeah, because like, oh, of the eye patch. And you were like, oh, okay. But there's no signifier to me. Like, so Steph talks, right? But here, it's just like a Tarantino character that does not stop talking. She doesn't feel and, like Steph. There's, there's not a lot of no, Steph's character there. Not at all, and it's just like if if you're gonna do a stylistic thing of she's a she's talking this much, then and you you're doing a Batgirls thing. I would have leaned into Cass not talking as much, right, and and just let her keep talking and keep talking, and instead I just you get this overwritten where I just I felt like Connor reading a Bendis book. I would turn the page and see all the bubbles and go, oh my God. Yeah. And I, I would get annoyed. And like, this is a story I feel like I should like because I like all these characters. And why are all these heroes locked up in this prison? Like, why is Jimmy Olsen there? Why is Beast Boy there? Were they in Gotham when this all went down? Yeah, well, let me sell some, some, some context here. So the, the main gist of the yeah. story is that Arkham here, there's Arkham, isn't it? Is it Arkham? Sure. Know, it may actually not be Arkham, but uh, no, it just says it just says the magistrate's detention facility. Yeah, so it's, okay, so it's their place. Uh, so when Cass is interested at the start, you see that a lot of the detainees on one side are villains and the other side are actually heroes. So Beast Boy's there and some other characters. Um, but the the purpose of this story is that Cass is trying to get that she basically has started to believe the 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 rumor that Batman is really alive. And she believes that he's trapped down below. And there's actually more on this in Catwoman uh, later, which we'll talk about when we get to that book. Uh, but she wants to get below to the, the basement levels where she believes Batman has been kept. And it turns out, we actually see later on, that Babs is also down there. Or, I mean, I, I say also, is. we don't know for sure that Bruce is there yet, but Babs no. definitely is. <laughs> so yeah. and, and the vibe that I got cutting to the end is that she's the one that sent out the signal suggesting that Batman's alive, but not necessarily Batman, right? Uh, well, I don't know. It's hard to say because we do know that Bruce is alive yeah. too. So, yeah, 
I, right. I, I, don't I just know took what, it uh, as she, because it looks like she's hooked into all these cables and stuff, and her being Oracle, I feel like that was her reaching out for help. You know, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can buy that she's not necessarily knowing that Bruce is alive, and it's more she's trying to keep the spirit of the bat alive to give people hope right. or something like that. I can, I can totally buy that. That's, um, that's what I took it as, and you know. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. the, the, but the big conceit of the issue, though, is that when Cass gets thrown in a cell with Steph, Steph, like, the way they talk about her, it's like she's turned bad, and she's now, like, the leader mm-hmm. of all the, all the criminal gangs in the prison. Um, we find out later that she's actually just kind of a double agent, and it's, it's all... It, it, that fe- felt to me like an excuse to, oh, this is why she was written out of character and terrible yeah. and all this. She was like, oh, it's fine, just write it all away, because she's undercover. Yeah. And I'm like... I don't buy it. When I got to the reveal that this was all just undercover because she had to get close so they could eventually do whatever, I was kind of like, you know, okay, so you are you haven't completely character assassinated her, I suppose. That's nice. But I still didn't really enjoy reading the first half of this issue because I was looking forward to, I was looking forward to Steph and Steph being Steph. Right. And she just was... You got none of that. Yeah, no, I, I got no. some hard-edged character who... And, and like I say, unless you know that this is Steph, you would have no idea because... So she's introduced, and it's a big, like, you know, hey, look, it's me, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it goes on, nothing to say to your old friend. It's like, you're, like, you're supposed to immediately know who this is. And then two pages after that, you have a, oh, once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl, right? And, and you're like, and I, that could maybe give it away, but it's not even, again, if you didn't know, if you didn't think this was Steph, it's not 100% clear, because it could be just on that cast, right? Right. Uh, it's not until a full six or seven pages after th- that reveal, where uh, Cass actually says "spoiler," and then it you know re- you know and then it cuts to her as like oh I, I, to definitively kind of place it as that character, and that's that's insane. That's the, like a third of the issue. The only thing I'll say against that because I agree pretty much all with, uh, with everything you just said, except for the fact that the title page is the page before that. Uh, so I think the title Batgirls would probably. Give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but the way that it's written, though, I get what Connor's saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. It's... Yeah, but yeah, because because I mean, I have to admit, I didn't really remember what was coming either. I I only I only remembered that this is a Batgirl story when it revealed Cass. I was like, oh, this is the Batgirl story. I didn't remember it was in this book. I'd still forgotten that it was a Batgirl story, and I was just like, oh, it's a Cass story because I was I just so completely y'all, forgotten. So y'all didn't read the cover. No, I, I I never read the cover. I look, I look at I look at the art and then open the book. Yes. Uh, stupid me. Yeah. I mean, so here's, here's the sad part of this is, I think conceptually, if you told me, okay, in this future state scenario, a bunch of heroes, but most notably including Steph and Cass, are in a prison. Barbara's in this sort of solitary, deep, you know, lockdown state underneath, and it's all about them trying to get to her and prove that Batman's alive to regain hope. On paper, just what I just said sounds amazing to me. I love it. Right. I love it. But they actually had to write Steph as like a hard-edged prison character for some reason, and it just like sucked all the fun out of it. And when you haven't, everyone's serving her. Yeah. Well, also you have uh, how do you say the artist's name? Is it Aneki? I think so. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the art's really good too, and the fact that you're there's so much dialogue that's just overall like Steph just talking over herself yeah i didn't yourself over i didn't hear like, c- conceptually to say there's a couple of sequences that i think are quite fun uh particularly the the sort of montage of steph going around making sure that uh or actually 
it's casting around trying to question all the villains, but because Steph's basically warned everyone not to pick a fight with her, it's kind of this little running gag for a montage where like, she pushes Killer Croc, for example, and then Croc's about to get angry and punch, and then he's like, he goes, oh, girl, sorry, I must have lost my balance in your box. So, like, that, that was a vaguely amusing little sequence of, like, scenes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. Yeah, and and that's where the art gets to shine, because Steph's not on page talking, so... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not all covered yes. up. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, yeah, I just I was reading this this morning, and I was just like, "Oh man, this is this is a lot," mm-hmm. you know. And then I'll just say here too, I got was so crunched for time, I didn't read the sirens story, which I'll you go back to. You, you, you do. We'll get to that in a minute, but you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Uh, okay. so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the most interesting I got in the Steph stuff is when we actually got the flashback, and it was like her actually talking to Nightwing, and them actually trying to like have a have some sort of plan for the city. I'm like, you know what, I'd much rather read, like, Nightwing leading all the, the back characters in the city than I would uh, this weird prison version of Steph, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tis what it tis. Um, so, yeah, it reveals Babs is down below hooked up to computers, um, and it just kind of ends with uh, all the various prisoners who they've basically... Steph and Cass have arranged for them to cause a distraction for Cass to go down and try to get to the basement level. So it ends with the big riot uh, starting. Um, so it's kind of really murky read. I don't think it's the worst thing ever, but it is definitely overwritten. The dialogue it, is far too yeah. bulky. It, it's not the worst thing ever, but I also, had I not already read a whole bunch of stuff this week, I think I would have been okay. So again, mostly it's me being cranky because there's yeah. just so much. I think, but it's also not like, I expect more also out of Vita Ayala because most of the stuff I've read from them, I like. Yeah. And yeah. and so when I saw who was attached to this when I got to the credit page, I was like, this does not feel like anything I've read from and that's what I mean about them just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. You know what I mean? Like this it's almost to me like it wasn't like Vita Ayala was like, Hey, I have an idea for a Batgirl story in the future state stuff. It was kind of like, Hey, do you think you could do the story? And this she's like, this I, is your assignment. Turn it in. Yeah, in three I, weeks. I, I've never written Steph before, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, and maybe. Because their uh, the Dead Man know. mini was really good when that came out. Yeah. So. I, again, I like, and, and most of the anthology stories and like uh, annuals or just the smaller stuff, like the backups I've read. Some of the stuff in the metal tie-ins, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think. It, and it's fine. It's not indicative of this. And so I just, I just thought like, this is just, it feels off. When we get to issue four of this, uh, of Next Batman, because obviously I'm getting it for Next Batman itself, mm-hmm. uh, I'll probably read part two of this just because I'm curious as to how the story actually ends up, even though it's not the greatest read. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm going to say the same about the next one when we get to it. But, yeah, uh... I, I will be particularly annoyed with issue four of this book because uh, issue one I was you know, very happy with. I very much love two-thirds of it. Um, this issue, I'm like, okay, I only really like one story. Uh, the other two, not so much. And I'm a bit annoyed that I had to spend, you know, however much it was, you know, the, the triple price, you know, on, on, on this. And I'm like, right, okay, but I didn't know any better. It was a risk. Issue three, I'm going to be happy to buy because I'm, I know I'm safe with two thirds of it. <laughs> Issue four is really frustrating because I have to spend the full price to finish off just that one main story. And I have yeah. to. I can't not. Oh, that's it. I'm curious to see where this one goes. Like, again, it's not a total wash. I just, a lot of it annoyed me in the it way may... that the, the dialogue was presented. But the story that's being told 
I don't hate. Yeah, and I, I, I think and... part two may benefit as well because we've already done all the prison stuff with Steph. Part two may not have that as being a you know well, a heavy feature. And I was wondering where Babs was in all this because I had a low key worry like she's working with the magistrate for whatever reason reason at this point because you're as I read through these you're checking off back characters that could be allied there and we'll get more on that with Nightwing you know um, at least I think it was Nightwing it's been a long week um, and so Babs was one of the ones that was noticeably absent so to see how she's involved in this is it adds a, a, a layer that keeps me interested at least you know I get it. I think for me, this was just too badly written that I've already written off the the second part. I don't, I don't, I don't want to read it anymore. Even even if the story presenting the ideas is solid, I don't, I don't have any desire to actually read it. I'll just hear from whichever of you guys ends up reading it. You know what, what happens with Babs, I guess. Yeah. Um. So there you go. That's the bad girl story. I, I wish I was more positive, but it wasn't really. I mean, it had. The, the Batgirl characters in it, technically, but, yeah. uh, you know, one was unconscious, one was, like, a super weird prison boss version, and there's no real, not really any Batgirling <laughs> to speak of, so... Have, have you guys ever watched Venture Brothers? <laughs> nah, sorry. No. Uh, so there's a, there's an episode where the, the arch-villain, their arch-nemesis, uh, ends up in prison, and the, the two boys get sent to prison, too, and he's talking like he runs the place, but he doesn't. And those were the vibes. I was getting monarch vibes from from cats, and mm. it just you know, it was just weird. So all right, Matt, what are you rating the Batgirl story? I'm I'm gonna give this one a five. Connor, I'm gonna give it a three. I think it would have been a four just for being so overwritten, but the the not naming Steph for so long drops at a whole point. I want to agree with Matt and go with the five and go right down the middle. Disappointing really for like sure. Her. I don't want to lose that. Yeah, is it? Great. Yeah, it's not the worst thing ever. I'll want to reiterate that. It's just really disappointing mm-hmm. given what it could be and what it should be. So, uh, that's the background story. So, there's a Gotham City Siren story, uh, part one here at the end. Uh, Paula has seven Bergen rating with Rob uh, Haynes on the on the, well, on the the breakdowns and then Lupacino on the pencils. That's interesting, Lupacino. Not- it, uh, yeah, this is... You, you can tell this isn't entirely Lupacino because it's... Yeah easily the weakest work i've seen and that's why i was going to get back to it but if i'm not missing i mean it's not like i won't own it because i I, um i kind of stopped reading halfway through i found myself just scrolling you know page 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 yeah i wasn't actually reading it anymore because it was just checked out well no need to call me a hero everyone but i did struggle on through and finish the whole thing (laughs) and do you have anything insightful to say about it well kind of uh, my biggest takeaway from this this story which is basically Catwoman and Ivy, uh, and Catwoman feels nothing like Catwoman in her own book, uh, you know, in the Future State book that we got this That's week. So just, just so yeah. that that first and foremost, but essentially they found a robot uh, because they try to take down this this Dilton, this you know, I guess Elon Musk esque villain or whatever it is, and they've they've found this robot that he built, but she kind of wants to go against them, and we get a flashback to how they found her halfway through, but she's already kind of there at the start of the issue, or the start of the story. And honestly, the biggest takeaway, because they set up that this robot was kind of awake doing stuff for like a week before they found her, uh, when they broke into this guy's place, and the biggest thing is that she binge-watched a bunch of TV shows, so there's a lot of awkward TV references uh, sprinkled throughout this issue. Uh, there's a reference to shows that I like, there's a reference to shows that I've not watched, but 
even the ones that I liked, it just kind of felt weird. Like, oh, this is like a character on the shield. And it's a great show, but from a writing perspective, this feels really clunky. It's, it's like when they're all sat there drinking the cocktails, and one of them's like, this is just like Sex in the City. I'm like, and that comes back because when you get the flashback later when they found her, uh, before they go in the room where they find her, like, do you hear the Sex in the City theme? Yeah, I think so. And then they go in and like the robot's sitting there watching uh, Sex in the City. Um, it's really weird. Well, I dodged the bullet on this one, didn't I? It, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good, Matt. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, the, the whole, it's like a really... It's not, I feel really cruel calling it like a weird fan fiction thing, but it, it's so based on referencing other material, it feels really kind of amateur. And what it's doing, like it's, instead of just relying on its own story, it's I don't know. Uh, I got very little out of this, uh, and you know a lot. They go, they go to a, like a nightclub that's been developed in Gotham that's run by Sam Black Bradley, and it's a nightclub where both heroes and villains go because it's basically shit for everyone in Future State. So they all just unwind and go to the same nightclub together. It even that yep. concept feels like this is yeah. This is just weird fan fiction. This is like something that belongs on Tumblr. <laughs> This is not a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, Which tells me Pete has spent time on Tumblr. If he knows what, what belongs there or not. How dare you? <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I've just heard evidence hey, of these Tumblr I'm ongoings. not going to judge. If that's what you're into, cool. Just, you know. <laughs> I, I <don't, laughs> stuff starts to make sense now. I... 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 I, I, I I really dislike this line of thinking that Matt has brought to the table. Um, so, <laughs> logically, it makes sense, and he's having a hard time undoing that logic. Yeah. So, at the end of the issue, uh, who is it that bursts out? Is it the magistrate police force or whatever? But they, they bust out and shoot Catwoman. She's lying on the dance floor, bleeding out. Oh, great. Uh, and that's a cliffhanger. Oh, Sam Bradley gets shot multiple times in the back, so he's probably dead. And he's just a human. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just Catwoman, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, Catwoman's got you know. But she like, only she knows only takes one bullet, whereas Slam takes at least two. Yes, uh, at least two, maybe three. There's, there's three blams. Blam, blam, blam. Well, yeah, that's three gunshots though, not yes. necessarily three hits. True. But it could be. It's hard to tell, honestly. Either either way, I'm glad I skipped this. Yeah, yeah I, I do not recommend this uh the siren story, and I'm I'm not like a big like Gotham City sirens like person anyway well, uh, well, let's be honest i was the one probably most likely to enjoy this well i saw lupacino's name attached and that's why i was like and then i was just running out of time i'm like i'm just gonna skip it and now it seems like you know i wish i did if all the things i wish i'd said you know what i'll just stop here and not read this last backup this is the one i wish i stopped and didn't read yeah that's it at least that being so bad in that unique way uh, give give me what, something to talk bizarre. about. I I was trying to see because uh you know the, this writer I was like maybe, maybe they are a, a you know like a like a, a fan fiction writer yeah because like, there are lots of people who who would do that and get published right. So yeah I I googled it, found a Twitter and it's like okay TV writer uh contributor slash former editor of Mads magazine, and uh, no real talk about comics so, you know recent comic stuff is just you know retweeting about this issue. So I stuck her in IMDb. She has one credit as a TV writer. And it is as a for an episode of Stargirl, um, hmm. uh, Shiv Part Two, which I don't remember being a bad episode. No, it was a fine episode. But I mean, TV is written in teams; it's not, a bit more. It is, it is. But it was notable that okay, that's her credit there. I'm like, okay, so it's not like she's a bad writer entirely. Mm. Uh, hmm. But this story was 
no, maybe sorry, just I, filling I, out I, the comic book format. Yeah, like like technically I finished it, but I don't feel like I did because I, I I got to the end, but there was at least like three or four, five, six pages maybe where I wasn't really reading it. I was just kind of not taking it in. I was just kind mm. of staring at the page for 15, 20 seconds and then going to the next one. But I just kind of found my... I noticed I was doing that after a while. I was like, well, there's only like three pages left. Might as well finish it. Yeah, uh, I cannot recommend. And yeah, the art's kind of... Like, it's not bad. Art is just... It's not, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not up to the, the, the little Pacino stand. As I thumb through the pages, the art looks nice. You know? Uh, I don't know if it, it goes storytellingly-wise. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't have any at. context. You know, but just from looking at it, it doesn't look, you know, it's not egregious. No, it's it, not. It no, it's, it's never bad. It, it's it's lacking the flair and flourish that, that Lucina's work usually has. Honestly, there's, I, th- there's no I, I think I'm so, he- I'm so hesitant talking about the art in a weird way because I hate the design of these versions of the characters so much that I think I'm letting that color the actual quality of the art because I just... I'm like, looking at Cat. Because Catwoman's got these like you know these shades on. She's wearing this stupid weird top that's got a midriff and Poison Ivy's got like a tank top on, like a mesh tank top. I don't know. The whole thing's yeah. yeah. The Poison Ivy design. I was kind of like that weird flex, but okay. Um, is it all weird because the top it is? I think that is the 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 recent outfit that she got given in her own book based off of the yeah, the the way the collar collar is. Yeah, but it's missing. But it's just yeah. yeah, it's just cut off. As, it's just turned into a crop top basically. But I don't know. It feels kind of I don't know. Hot topic designs of uh, the sirens <laughs> or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting from it. Uh, all right, I'm going to stop shitting on this now. We got more books to talk about. <laughs> you didn't read it, Matt. Connor, do, do you want to give it a? I give it a three. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it a four because the art is solid enough. Um, but yeah, the, the constant referencing of stuff and I don't know. It felt it really felt fan fiction the way it was like, oh, that's just all these weird concepts that I feel like I'd read about on Twitter rather than actually wanting to see them done as a serious attempt in a comic book. Uh, with very little to justify them. So, uh, so writing the book as a whole though, uh, and I think Mac can still do that even though he's only written for two stories yeah and this is i just so i just averaged mine out based off my scores sure and i can't give this book a, a four which is what it would necessitate <laughs> because i did like the first story so much and the second story the, the art is fine um so i'm just gonna give overall i'm gonna give the book a, a 6.5 mm-hmm. and that's you know the next batman's doing a lot of the heavy lifting there yeah, yeah you can you have one be more weighted if you liked it enough because i think if you like something a yeah. lot it outweighs how much well, you dislike something else wait wait till we get to superman worlds at war because that, that'll that'll factor significantly in okay yes we'll, we'll talk about that uh connor uh i'm gonna give it a six i think um because you know i like the first story quite a lot the other two you know i think i give the first one an 8.5 and the other two are three both threes i've no idea what the average is out to but the first story is quote unquote, the main story it's the one the issue is named after it's what the appeal, you know, the main draw is. So I'm giving it extra weighting for that as well. So yeah, I'll give it the six. Yeah, I'll give it the six as well. Again, first mm-hmm. story's really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, everything we just said about the altar. <laughs> let's move on. Let's not dwell on the bad things. Let's, let's yeah, move on to other things. Right. Future State, Superman, Worlds of War, issue one. Uh, you'll notice I'm not saying creators for some of these books that have, like, you know, ten creators on them. We'll just say them as we go right. through them. Um four stories in this issue i think yeah because yeah th- th- this is not three 20 page stories this is one 20 page story and then like 
I don't know how it's divvied up, but they're all a bit shorter, obviously, the, the rest it, of them. They, they seem to read a lot quicker than the Batman ones. Yeah. I'll give them that. I, I think that it was pick. like a 10 and two fifteens. I want to say, uh, or something like that. I wish this Philip Kennedy Johnson story was longer and we didn't have three I, backups. I am suddenly very optimistic about Philip Kennedy Johnson taking yeah. over Superman in action. This, yeah, well, that's the, that's the key guy. point here. Yes, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who wrote the main story in this, uh, is going to yeah. be the writer and, on both Superman and Action Comics come March. Right. And, and Jan and Art doesn't hurt. Of course right? not. <laughs> it, it never, never does. The, the, the biggest um, problem I have with Jan and Art in this issue is that we don't get enough of his Superman at the end, uh, the yeah. War World Superman. Yeah, yeah. I actually think I, I think I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how much this was not just because I was kind of went into oh it's going to be some sort of gladiator Superman story on War World mm-hmm. whatever. I think I'm yeah, pleasantly like, surprised that, that that that's not what this is. I mean mm-hmm. that's technically going on as a sort of framing device, but the actual main story here is about this this young girl who goes to Smallville, which has become like a really crappy tourist attraction because it's the birthplace of Superman. It's, well, it's a yeah, it's, it's the a home place. The home place, yes. Uh, yeah, and she goes to this meeting uh, where people are sharing their stories about where they think Superman is because most people will believe he's dead because keep in mind this is this is post John shrinking down Metropolis which people seem to have a very sort of villainous opinion of uh, whenever they talk I about get it why yeah yeah but but here's, so here's the thing here's the thing this story and I, this is why it probably appeals to us and certainly why it appeals to Matt I think is yeah. This is essentially someone arguing for what makes Superman Superman when everyone else, when the other people at this meeting are saying, no, Superman is Superman and he wins the fights he wins because he is stronger, because he has superpowers. And this girl's saying, no, that's not what makes him Superman. Um, and it's, it's accentuated at the end of the, 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 the story where she stands up and says, because they're all sharing stories of how Superman saved them. And she stands up and says, mm-hmm. no, Superman didn't save me. Clark Kent did. And, you know, she walks away at that point. Uh, yeah, so... so- so, which tells me what I need to know about Philip Kennedy Johnson, which is something that, if I can just base it off of the story, is he believes that, that Superman is Clark Kent, right? Like, because there's always that theory that Clark Kent is the disguise that Superman puts on, right? And that he's always Superman. Um, but I I never agreed with that. I always felt like he's he is Clark Kent through and through. And, like, the Clark that he is in Smallville is who he is regardless. And here, that's well, that's a, that's a key is. point. Yeah, Matt, is I would always argue there's three, yeah. and that the real one is the Clark from Smallville, and then the Clark right. in the Daily Planet who's disguising himself is a bit more phony. Right, but it's, when it's I a bit but exaggerated. People, right, but people even will, would suggest that the Smallville Clark is a disguise because he's an alien first. Which that that idea is something that I yes, while he is from Krypton, he was raised by the Kents, right, and so. He is the way he is, not because of his powers, but because of his upbringing. That's, that's something that that's no no more a disguise than someone who's in the closet, not revealing, you know, not coming out yet. Right, yeah. and that's what I always refute. Is like, no, that's just who he is, right? And he has to put on that disguise, like you guys are saying in Metropolis, because he's playing a part of you know of all of that. So but bumbling here, is definitely a disguise. Yeah, so. But through here, it's no Clark Kent or Superman is Clark Kent, and that's who saved me, not Superman. It's the man in Superman. And but what's really cool is we get Janin drawing all of these stories of Superman having these great deeds. It's and it was reminding me best of both worlds for the issue, isn't it? Where we've got all yeah. the 
all the great action, you know, all the the, the alien invasion stuff. We get mm -hmm. to see you know, some zombies. You know, we get to see Superman doing all the cool shit that we like to see Superman do because you know that's fun stuff to read in comics. Yeah, but, but also get the point of no, this is what Superman really is. Yeah, and all the stories they serve this purpose where you've got all these different narration boxes from all these different kids who are or teenagers or whoever who are telling these stories. And they basically start theorizing various things about, you know, where he's met. They all think he's dead, pretty much, but they have different theories as to how he died. One of them straight up says that uh, they think that other Kryptonians survived who are not good people, are going to eventually come right. and rule the planet. And because Superman's not here anymore to stop them, uh, that's inevitable. So, that, I mean, even that's a great page of all these various, like, imaginary Kryptonians that this kid's imagining right. uh, are really good. And that, that's when this, this main kid sort of like gets you know upset and says, you know, what well, Superman taught us about hope, you know, where's your hope? You're all just assuming he's dead. Uh, 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 but then this one kid's got a really interesting idea where he thinks Superman's ascended, almost Star Trek higher being style, where now he's in the wind. Mm -hmm. Superman's in the wind. Yeah, they, they have a theory that, everywhere. that Superman is always, you know, is, is reborn essentially on every world that needs a Superman. And ne he appeared as human for us because we're a human world, but on other worlds, he's very alien, but you know, he is is to them what he is to us. And which again, that was, that was a great two page spread as well. Yeah, which again That's... upsets the main character because she says, "No, you you you're treating this like a crappy mecha or whatever. You're you're treating him like this religious figure. He's a man." Again, coming back to that point, Superman didn't save me. Clark Kent did. So, uh, I think this is really promising for the themes and even just the tone of how uh, Johnson is going to write Superman. It felt like a, a mission statement as to this is what he believes Superman is and what we can expect of his book going forward in that, in the sense that I believe that there will be a lot of, you know, big bombastic action and set pieces and things. Because, you know, it's it's a comic. It's a Superman comic. Of course there is. It's going to be stuff like that. Right. But he's never going to forget, no, this is what Superman is. And, and that's always going to be the, right. the underlying point. And it, it, I... it felt like a mission statement to me, this did. Yeah, so there's a lot of, in this one story... I feel like it distills the Tom King, the, the digital one that just got released last summer, the Up in the Sky, mm -hmm. um, is of what Superman means to different people. And that was a more like typical Tom King where it feels, some stuff feels very dreamlike and not tied down to what's actually going on. With, with this though, because we're seeing it through the eyes of, of regular people that Superman has impacted, I, it almost drove that point home better to me at least, um, because that was the one thing in the Tom King story that I really appreciated was, you know, what Superman means through different, you know, not through different eyes, but different viewpoints. And and here it's just like the idea, like, you know, no, he gets reborn and he, you know, he was here for us when we needed him. And, and all of us just hearing that, like, that's something I never thought of when it came it's to It's still Superman. like an interesting idea. Like, uh, yeah. Obviously, oh, Matt, your mic's going. Obviously, in mm -hmm. this, it goes against the idea of Superman just being a man, and obviously, I like that more. But I, I like this idea of what if Superman reincarnated on every world that needed. I, right, well, I like it's... the idea of these people theorizing this. I like these people all having their different opinions and beliefs, mm -hmm. and the idea that Superman's become such a mythical figure to them that they all have their own. They've all developed their own ideas and understandings of what he may or may not represent or be. Um, the idea that they can't just accept that he's just a, a being trying to do his best, and that's all he ever has been. Right, and that's not me. his fault, right? It's because he is so good at what he does, people don't believe him for his word, if that makes sense. Like, 
Superman to me is always like, I'm just a guy doing my job, right? He's like a firefighter that's like, no need to thank me. I'm just glad I was here. And, you know, here there these people are putting almost religious aspects onto him, almost like he's a oh, god. Completely mythologized him, yeah. Yeah. And like, and so for this one girl to be like, no, guys, this is what he is to, to me. Like, that's cool. That's what he is for you. But to me, he's Clark Kent. And the fact that, that it also plays with everyone knows who he is now, right? But yeah. they're still coming up with these different ideas because he just left. Because Clark Kent wouldn't just leave us. You know, so there's that there too. But with her, it's... Joe you know is so funny about this. So is that... You know, and I hate to bring up Zack Snyder, right? But what's so funny I was, about this? I was just getting yeah. there. But what's so funny getting... about this is you look at the imagery in Batman v Superman, all the religious motifs and the, the and all the people trying to touch him and all that. And this issue makes the same essential point that regular human beings, if they if something's too big a concept for them, they'll start to like turn to, into religious ideas. They'll start to turn to that sort of way of thinking. They literally have shrines to him here. But this does it in a way that reinforces what Superman actually is to us as the reader, what he means to the world, and has a character who's sticking up for what Superman actually is. So... This doesn't leave you with that horrible taste in your mouth. I mean, don't get me wrong. The fact that Superman's not in the scene looking like he wants to kill himself at the thought of all these people touching him, it does help, but... Right. <laughs> well, and just... And, and, the stars, you know, and not, not to keep going on, it's because Johnson understands Superman as a concept where Zack Snyder does not. Just yeah, well, I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that the concept of looking at Superman through the lens of religious iconography and, mm -hmm. uh, and people looking at him and seeing him that way is actually a valid viewpoint to take and explore with what Superman is to the world. It's just that you can have a, a good execution of that idea and you can have a bad execution of that idea. Right. Well, because it's, just, it's something that people do, even with, you know, regular people, right? You know, it's right. something that, you know, we, you can look at near history and go look at figures and how they have been completely mythologized. I mean, take any of your, you know, your American founding fathers, for example. Well, well I was going to, so like, I had a, a discussion with a friend this week about Teddy Roosevelt, right? Like, it's i know people think that it's weird that like i have a favorite president but like when i look at what teddy stood for there I, is I assume every american does to be honest with you well no i'm weird though like <laughs> the amount i know about teddy roosevelt is you know not those levels but i i look at teddy roosevelt like these people would look at at superman in this right as like at the end of the day he was just a man right he sure he was the most powerful man in the country for eight years and there's stories around him, but at the end of the day, he was, he represented different things to different he, he, he people. He was a person who made mistakes and right did, did and, you know did his best choices as right. what he thought, but yeah, you know, maybe as, they weren't always right. But he tried. And as much as I love the different stories of him and like this, that, and the other, you also have to go and look at the faults there as well. And with with here, I feel like where's a Snyder. Snyder seems to only want to focus on those faults because of the story he wanted to tell. Whereas here with Johnson, it's not necessarily about that. It's this this girl who I don't think she has a name, right? We just she's yeah. just there. Uh, Sadie, I think. Okay, Sadie. So the the Sadie is just like, no, look, like you guys are missing the point of he was Clark Kent. Like you can, yes, he was all these things, but also this. And I feel like Snyder never we never get introduced to that viewpoint in those and to me that's what makes it feel so hollow and whereas so, here it feels like 
and again, I'm just I'm close to it because it's Superman. Yeah. My favorite president, by the way, is a uh, werewolf, uh, which you can buy well, now of from, from uh, Tim. As, uh, as well, you should. Comicsology, uh, President Werewolf but, on sale. Anyway, um, but, yeah. what, what I was gonna say is that, like, I, I think this is part of the appeal to me about DC characters. The comparison with Marvel is always that Marvel have like more grounded characters. DC has these myths and gods and legends, and I think what works for me about this issue in particular. And in the larger scope of DC, is that yeah, the characters are so big that they ultimately become that to the people in that world. They are they become these mythological ideas. They become these larger than life, these almost godlike beings. But I think for for me, why I appreciate and latch on to someone like Superman or Batman, um, and obviously they're very different to each other, and that one actually has all these godlike powers and one doesn't. But compared to say someone from the more magical side of DC is because I do like the Superman at his core. It's just a guy trying to do his best. He has all these extra abilities, but he is still valuable. He does try to, he does make mistakes. He does try to figure out the best thing to do. But there is that humanity there, and that humanity is really important. Um, And I think it's, you know, if nothing else, you always want to remember that people who are making these bigger decisions are just people at the end of the day. Even Superman is just a person, uh, despite what, you know, what I mean, Eddie in the back so yeah but he's got I powers mean, and he's got heat vision and super strength and all these things what, it's not that different to what Matt was saying about Roosevelt in that yes he was right. the most powerful man in the country for eight years and Superman in, in this context you know, he was the most powerful person right. on earth but he was but, still just a person right he's still just a person and that, that's the, the point of, of it is is you know we put these people up on a pedestal and even at the end the Sadie girl she has them on a pedestal but she feels like everyone's kind of missing the point right and i i want to know more of her stories like i'm i'm definitely into this you know more i'm more into this side of things than the superman gladiator which seems to break with with my self-parody right well this is the thing you know we have like a couple of pages of superman Mm -hmm. gladiator at the end which is essentially there to prove the point of 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 what sadie's saying because this is you know as as they put it you know superman he's old and he's he's powerless um, but it doesn't matter. He's still there with his, with his shield and sword, and he's you know you know you know we're gonna make it home. You know, we're gonna be all right. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. We only get a few pages of actual Superman. So one, it proves it shows where he is right now that he's not dead. He's here. Nope. Uh, he's two, on the world. In those couple of pages, he's trying to protect someone who's in a cage with them. You know, the, the other person who's going into the combat with them, he's trying to protect. He's saying, "Hey, look, stay behind me. We'll get through this." He's trying to reassure them, uh, and obviously these pages look great. Oh, um, so good and it sets up a status quo because all the backups are all basically set around the status quo of war world and superman being there and what else is going on in war world so um yeah if anything i'm, I'm sad that this is only a two-parter and not a, a four-parter like next batman because uh i, I would go. be yeah. a lot more disappointed if we didn't have ongoing books sure coming, sure yeah, coming yeah up right and this after. this completely uh set aside any uh doubts that i had about Philip Kenny johnson taking over both books because I feel like there is going to be a balance here with what I, we had, what, what Superman represents on Earth versus what he's doing on War World. But yes, they're tied, but they do feel two different ways. So um, I'm still a little disappointed that he's on both well, books just for the sake right, of variety. But also, it's very clearly he knows what he's doing. So it's mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm less mad I was, that it than, than I was when Bendis was on both. Right. So like I. Going when Bendis was taking over, I was very into it. But even after the Man of Steel mini, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be Bendis' Superman, which felt like Bendis' Superman. 
here I feel like Philip Kennedy Johnson is a lifelong Superman fan and going like, this is the story I've wanted to tell. And who knows if after it's always, you know, that thing they say about musicians, you have your whole life to write your first album and then, you know, two years to write the second one. Mm. So who knows what the second arc's going to be like, right? But judging based off of this, this is someone that I definitely want to see them take on Superman because it feels like it's special to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no notions about the first arc, second arc, anything like that. All, all, all this says to me is that he's got a good voice for the, the spectacle and the idea of like how big Superman's supposed to feel. He understands the character, and it was a really enjoyable read. So it ticks all the boxes for wanting to read more. <laughs> so also, a friend of the show, Talking Superman, uh, was going, going through non-DC trades that he's reading. Mm-hmm. And one of them written by Philip Kenny Johnson is uh, Kong, God of Skull Island. I was like, how did I not know this thing existed? So It's like the most um, map book ever. Yeah, once I get caught up with some of the other stuff I have in my backlog, I'm definitely searching that out because if he cares about Kong as much as he cares about <laughs> Superman, I am in for a hell of a treat. So... Uh, I mean, I just, there's no one on Earth that cares about Kong quite as much as they care hey, about Superman. But, it's it's, yeah. just, it's just in time, though, Matt, because uh, Kong's about to get his ass whipped by Godzilla in a couple of nah, months. No, he's not. So. For, judging from stuff I've read, he's the babyface. Babyfaces go over, Pete. You know that. Uh, no, no, no. He's, so. They're going to team up against something bigger by the end, but yes, I know, Godzilla's but I, winning. Godzilla's winning. That's, no, Godzilla's Roman Reigns. How dare you? How? He, he's getting the artificial push. You yeah. know. I feel like I, I want to be on Pete's side here because I think Godzilla will win. But uh, you, you keep talking about in references I don't understand, and I can't. I can't. You know, Pete's obviously indignant and upset at that comment, and I okay. I feel like I should be as well, but I don't understand it. So, so, so God damn you, Matt! Just real, real quick, Roman Reigns was this guy who has all the pieces, real good. But it seemed like he was the chosen one, and just the story that they were telling, it was kind of like Batman, where you're just like, okay, I'm over it. Like, it's just everything always Roman Reigns. Oh, whoa, and so... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Matt, you can't just throw that line. Not everyone feels that way you do about Batman. <laughs> no, no, but, but what I... in context, I know what Matt makes. I know how he feels about Batman. Because <laughs> no, I've seen this a lot uh, around Future State oh, and post-Future State. It's like, there's just a lot of Batman and people kind of want to see more. And that was kind of with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was just like always in front of everything. And it just, it didn't feel right. Well, right? yeah, but that so, was without, yeah, but Roman Reigns didn't have, like, I don't know, being, like, one of the most established and uh, liked and well-developed characters in comic book history I behind him. Cena. You like that one more, Pete? Or, or would you rather Roman Reigns? I don't think, I like a pretty Batman, so I, I don't think this is a, a fair thing. I the, the problem isn't the wrestler here, the problem is, well, there is a problem, because you're comparing to Godzilla, which is wrong, but... <laughs> well, it's not Stone Cold. He's not uh, gonna give a hell yeah. No, you know? no, he's not. He's he's a force of nature. He's uh he's he's more like the Undertaker. Nah, he's more like the ghost of Macho Man. Oh well, how dare you, sir? <laughs> Martha's, anyway, Martha's Elizabeth. Um, we're supposed to be getting a trailer soon, and like tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not. I'm upset because I'm not gonna be able to see it in the theater. So now I have to go buy a sound bar so I can get a proper... <laughs> yeah, but you know. Matt, every other studio has started delaying their movies again till 2022 or the end of this year. So at least this you're going to get. I mean... Well, I know, but... There, there are still some claiming they're going to have movies out in July. I mean... We'll see. They, 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 no, I they, you know, we'll see. 
Kong is Kong and Godzilla are both ones that you want to see on the biggest screen possible, right? Just because of who they are, you know. Like I know Connor loves Bond, but I'm perfectly fine with watching the new Bond in my house versus. I mean, in Congress, I, Godzilla. I'm perfectly fine I, with not I watching will the new watch Bond. The new Bond in my house if I have yeah. to. If if they will just release the goddamn thing for me. Yeah. But, so you know. Uh, yeah. So in, anyways, um, Bob Kenny Johnson's writing Kong or wrote Kong. He's writing Superman. What I mean, what's next? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh dear. Um, uh, all right. Rate the first story, Matt. Uh, this was a nine point five. Connor. Uh, I'm going up there. I'm giving it a ten because I read this. I was like, damn, I get it. I feel like I didn't think I was going to come out of this looking like the negative one, but giving it a nine. But apparently, oh, uh, yeah. I'm the I'm the I most. I thought Connor was going to go with the nine because Connor always. That's why I didn't give it the ten. Uh, I... No, I mean. When I, I obviously didn't think I was going to be on this episode, so I read all my books early um, so that I could have thoughts prepared. And I, I put out a little, you know, meme review of everything. And this was, and, and, and I said to you guys, if either of you don't like this, we are having serious words. Yeah. And that, you know, because this was like, oh no, this is exactly what I want. And, and, yeah. and you know, maybe it's getting an extra little, you know, point because I haven't really read a proper Superman book in however many years now. <laughs> uh, that could be that too. Yeah, uh, honestly, Connor saying this is what I want is like a bad sign for me usually, but luckily this is <laughs> one There's no I... magic involved. I don't know. Connor, oh, yeah. Connor's a lot of bad taste. Connor decided to drop one division yesterday, man. I need to review that on my own now because he's been a negative Nancy and doesn't like it. Real, real quick, side, side note. I see, I understand with the people going, it's moving too slow, but that's the pacing of the show. That's just what it is. And also. I, I, yes, I want to say. Just in my we're defense, not, I did not say it was bad. We're not tangenting here. We're not tangenting. We need to move on. We got a lot of books to talk about. That's the, we're not doing this. Cars are negative, Nancy. That's the whole point. All right. Uh, story two was <laughs> the follow up to Mr. Miracle, which I have to critique a little bit in saying that I don't yeah. really feel like it follows on from the last one at all. It's just like the same character again. Well, it, it tells you that, that following on from where he was, you know, because he, he, uh, you know, he boom tubed out at the end of the last issue. Yes. But I mean, that, that's so like. You literally could just start this. Uh, oh, he's came through a boom trip and he's here now. That's it. Like, the- yeah, yeah. There's there's the part where you know he's confused. Obviously, he doesn't know where he is. It's the mystery of that, and uh, and and then there's the hints that okay, he hasn't just travelled in space. Presumably, there's been a time jump as well for him that he obviously doesn't know about. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also it's also he. This takes place after Superman and Metropolis two, so whatever happens in that issue mm-hmm. is happens here after that. So you know. Presumably now we know he gets out of Metropolis somehow. Yeah, clearly. You know? uh, so he's here on, on Four World. Yeah, it was just kind of a weird start for me. I was like, okay, so it doesn't really feel like it matters anything that happened previously. It's just like another story with the same character. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Which I guess is they might have done intentionally because this is obviously in a diff- completely different book and they don't want to alienate people who weren't reading that first one. Yeah. Um, but it, it just adds an extra layer of confusion though because you, you expect to have to you don't know what happened in the last one so maybe you either chose or didn't choose to read this that these backups based on that because you didn't want to buy both or or whatever but anyway uh so he is trying to figure out where he is what's going on and very quickly discovers uh that he's in more world because he goes up and finds the arena and uh runs into midnighter who casually mentions something about superman in the well clark specifically uh because obviously Mr. Miracle's not expecting Clark to be around. He thinks he's dead or whatever. Um, 
But I, again, it ends very quick where, you know, it doesn't feel like a whole lot happens. He ends up outside the war world and sees the, the entire fleet of ships. He's given the mission by Midnighter to go and get to a relay or something to, like, boost the signal yeah. to get help. But that's basically the gist of it. Um, I like the art again, though. And I do kind of yeah. like the idea of the backups being revolved around the war world stuff. Uh, yeah. Which, you know. Yeah. I think I still enjoyed this backup. Obviously, it's not as strong as the main story. Um, and it's pro- but I think it's equally on par with how I felt about this story in the previous uh, Superman issue. It that. feels it's, it's, it's got a nice tone to it, great art, nice tone. It's an easy read. Um, it flows quite well, which is maybe not true of a lot of the other backups, which is nice. You know, I, just, it I, work, I, yeah. works well for it at the very least. I, I do... love it's establishing the continuity of the present. Like, okay, here's Midnight Area. Uh, you know, we're doing the World War yeah. stuff. It's kind of, it just feels like okay, we're we're it's it's, it's doing a lot of world building in its ten pages without much story. It does kind of feel like it's not 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 that ba- the backup should necessarily feel like they're they're must read material, but it it does feel just a little bit short of feeling like it's important. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think- it feels like a, it feels like a traditional backup. Like, hey, and- read, read this. This is extra. You know, mm. it's helped by the fact that it's only ten yeah. pages because there are a yeah. lot less expectations on it because of that. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, when when you've got a twenty page story. I expect a lot more out of it. Whereas a 10 page, you're doing a short thing, you're doing, okay, this is a true backup in the, you know, in the sense of the word. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. In that regard, I'm, I'm less, I'm less angry at it, I guess. I mean, there's, there's less weighing on this one because the last one basically had to carry that entire Superman issue that we didn't, which by the way, can I just say that I'm happy. I like this Superman story because the, 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 <laughs> the first, you know, Superman and Metropolis, I did not like Superwoman. I was a bit, admittedly in the minority, but I wasn't really keen on that either. I'm just very glad that uh, Worlds of War I, turned out to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did too. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I hear, I hear, Carter. Carter's just awkwardly speaking under us. What, what, what? I said you liked Superman Wonder Woman well enough. Oh, true. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't consider that one. Very correct. You made a very valid point. Good for you, Carter. Gets a cookie. Uh, so. Oh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that was, that was basically the, the story. Yeah, I tell you what to add about uh, this one. No, I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess we could quickly rate this. Uh, so I'll, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll even go first for this. But it's a, it's a fine seven out of ten. It's very pretty to look at. Flowed really well. Uh, not a lot to the story, but basically world building. Yeah. Connor. Yeah, I'm agreeing with the seven. I'm intrigued as to where this is being continued because it says to be continued. I don't know if it's just in the next issue of this or if it's jumping around yeah. again. I'm sure it'll end this, and then in Superman Metropolis 2, we'll get the end of that story where he jumps to this one. Yes. So, and then yeah. issue two of this will probably be where the next part of this shows right. up. So, uh, what are you giving this one, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with the seven. I'll agree with you guys. Cool. Uh, so that was a Midnighter story uh, by Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad, with art by Glenn Melenkov. And this is... Let me remind myself. I've forgotten. Uh, I read I this just, li- just on the the team there for a second. Uh, Clune and Conrad are obviously the 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 res that taking over Wonder Woman, but yes. I believe they are also the team on the Midnight a backup that's coming in either Superman I or think, Action after so after the first month. Yeah, I I'm just I'm skimming this just now because despite the fact that I read this mere hours before we started recording, I am Look, forgetting entirely what happened. It. <laughs> I I know people like Midnighter, right? My first introduction to Midnighter came in the Grayson series where he was kind of a foil to, to Dick Grayson's agent character. 
if this is what Midnighter typically is, I don't like it. I don't it's... hate it. I just don't have any strong feelings. On oh, I just, it's the most fine. The most notable thing about this is that some of the guards have big mini guns and they look like big dicks because they're uh, just above the crotch. Very phallic. It's... I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Yes. Yeah. And so just with, with Midnighter, I know he's meant to be wild, sort of like Batman character. Yes. To, and he plays off of Apollo, who's the Superman character, uh, and, and all this stuff. And I just like, just reading this, I just, I lost like interest in it halfway through. And I will say, because I remember last week in one of the issues Connor reviewed, talking about the broken up, you know, static y dialogue on the radio. And you're like, no, that's not how it's supposed to be written. It's supposed to be, you're supposed to be, be missing chunks of it. Mm-hmm. Here, that was played out exceptionally well yeah. like reading the the broken up dialogue over the the comms you know i was like oh, okay that's good and i appreciate they even put the uh the sound effects into yeah. the into the lettering bubbles rather than mm-hmm. just you know in the world it was, it was actually there you know the and it was in a, a different font it was in a different color as well it was actually in like, right. a, like a bluey gray which was very a very staticky color i, I thought it was a really smart lettering choice yeah there's a voice helping men later get through the uh the building, and it's, and it's the space station, in the, in the Trojan who that Trojan guys who we've seen, uh, you know that's why uh, John bottled up Metropolis because of the stuff going on there, and so it just it feels like this is a chunk of that, and I just I don't know. I thought personally, I didn't. I thought it was an easy read. Um, I didn't find it very challenging. I thought, I, you know, it's it's a lot of action, which made it easy just to go through i thought uh, malakov's art was solid enough uh i think you know you know, it is really like scratchy and heavy on the you know the, the shadows and the inks uh, mm-hmm. uh it kind of works for this kind of not quite batman uh book um some great colors as well that really pop out uh especially when it you know does the oranges and the glows with the from the gunshots mm-hmm. so i think that made it an easy enough read for me and then the uh, the apollo reveal um it's pretty solid but I just don't. Yeah, care. we have to explain that. We can't just gloss over beats like that. The whole issue is building him getting up to the like whoever's running this place, and it turns out to be Apollo. Um, yeah. I can't really remember where they are though. To be honest, that's that's the point I was trying to get to. But then you guys started talking about art. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure where they. Yeah, are. no one can tell no. me, which is maybe a glaring problem in and of itself that none it of us remember. War- I think it is War World somewhere yeah. in War World. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Well, they're on a space specific. station that's that's circling War World. Okay. Yeah. So, because that's how he ended up there. He it's got teleported. It's amazing how little of this I remember, despite the fact that I only yeah. had to like. And that, that's ago. part of the problem. And, like, I didn't even realize that was supposed to be Apollo at the end. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but. Well, I, I wouldn't have known. It's just that it's the only character I know that's associated with Midnighter, so I just assumed yeah, it had to be Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I right. do think that is a, a badly written reveal and that there's no yeah. uh you know no dialogue cue to explain it i mean i, I know just because i know what apollo looks like and i recognize the the symbol so i was like oh, okay i've i mean i know i vaguely remember but it's vague enough that if you told me this was someone else i'd have believed you but it's just a case of well there's only one character that i associate with midnighter and that's apollo so that's the only one that at least from my layman's knowledge would no would have an impact on him for it to be right him, but so. i, I, I do think they probably could have made that clearer for people who don't, maybe, you know, maybe they've never read anything to do with with Midnight, which is quite likely. Let's be honest. Yes, uh, it's not like he's been had a lot of books published in the last you know ten years since 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 the New Fifty Two uh, you know folding of the Wild Storm. I think he appeared a little bit in the uh, the was it the Justice League book with Martian Manhunter. 
Um, I don't remember. It was yeah. a book with Martian Manhunter earlier. Yeah. I don't remember him being in just League of Nations. It was like Stormwatch, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was Stormwatch, yeah. I think. Of. And yeah. then I know you had the the Midnighter series by Orlando towards the end of the right. night, too, but that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they could have done better with that. Yeah. Um, it's not bad, it's just really forgettable. Uh, it's, it's mostly action. I, I don't know, I just... It's kind of like the fact that I I was I, I generally got to it and went oh shit did I read this because I don't remember what happened and I did I definitely did. No, I remember reading this because we had to take our dog to the vet and I brought my iPad to read this, and uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess rating this, Matt. <laughs> I'll I'll give it a five. Connor, oh, it's real good, but I don't care about the story that much. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five as well. It's it's fine. It, it's not offensive on any level, yeah. but it just doesn't don't care for it. I agree. Five. I just don't care. Uh, it doesn't make me care. Very unlikely to read the Midnight backups, though. Uh, yeah. have, especially if it's the same team as this. Yeah. So like, and, and not that it's gonna be bad, but I just yeah, I don't I don't need those. I think I can car with that. Maybe I'll try the first one once the book starts pro. Because again, it's probably not going to be set in this future state world. It'll be set present day. But that was the one that was going to have future state well, Midnight. Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that. So it's fair enough. Uh, and the last story in the book is a Black Racer story, which I have to admit, I don't really know a whole lot about Black Racer, uh, yeah. and remembering, or at least that I remember anyway. The, the new god embodiment of death. That, that's all I know yeah. about. Yeah. So, and she's in like a weird future, uh, gladiator mech. rollerball mech style game, I think. Me- mech race. Mech yeah. race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I, I have to admit, I did pop at that page, that two-page spread of them in these big mech suits. It's- the best part of this story uh, and and not again not i think this is a bad story i just found myself not caring about it yeah i think the problem with the backups uh in this because it's not like they actively pissed me off like one of the ones in the batman book did this this was more just kind of an apathy of none of these are really sparking interest i mean none of them are good enough to because because your hope is, is that one of them's going to steal the show that one of them's going to say hey this is going to be great and it's going to be like hey oh okay i care about this team now i care about this 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 character that they're they're writing about and I left all of them kind of feeling like that was perfectly readable, but I don't really care. Do Do you think perhaps there is a level of fatigue, like as you're reading this book, like you, you've read your first main story, that's great. By the time you're at you know the start of this story, you're what fifty five odd pages in, uh, maybe, and, and you're just like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, you're just kind of ready to be finished with this, and the the issue's still going. Well, it's possible. But I will say that for the Batman book, I actually didn't read it in one sitting because it was split into stories. Like sometimes I will stop and I'll read the other stories later. So fatigue is mm. only relevant if you read it in one go. It is. I, I I suspect it's more likely that you read it in one go in this one versus the Batman one, where they're not full length stories following the first one. It's possible. It's possible. I yeah. I I hate to just kind of be. I mean, she's she's you know. Saves a bunch of prisoners because there's a lot of like slaves on Warworld, as you'd expect. Yeah, uh, and I like kind of seeds some of the like the, the underbelly of Warworld. This is like where they're, they're uh, what is it they're doing? They're sorting out trash or they're doing something. But there's conveyor belts and mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay, so Warworld is a huge planet-sized system of like all all you know all these levels. It makes sense that there's you know entire sections that are designed to just deal with the trash or or deal with maintaining parts of this this, this and, ship. And bodies, you know, yeah. like getting rid of them. It was very. It reminded me of Snowpiercer, where they, they yeah. talk about certain things about, you know, the body's got to go somewhere. Where do you think they go? You know, and, and how they're dealt with. So, um, but it, it's it's very like 
I was reading this and go, this is very sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like this is like the sci-fi that I typically don't get into. And not that it's bad, it's just not my thing. And so I kind of just breeze through this. Um and it's it's her stuck on War World, and it's I understand that on its basis uh basic concept. It's um, okay. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. I just I didn't get super into it either. It's kind of this thing when I when I get to issue two of this World of War uh, book. Obviously, I'm excited for that first story. Like, really excited for that yes. first story. Um, the backups, like, I'll probably read them, but it's sort of thing where if if we're low in time that week or if I have like some Patreon books piled up, they might get cut just because I'm of that. Pretty certain I'll read the Mister Miracle one because those have been such yeah. easy reads and have been always at least enjoyable, right? Yeah. And they take well, so there's so little time to read. The reason why this month's been very challenging from just how much like we have to read each week is because you know we've wanted to try everything at least the first part of every story. Um, great February we're going to be obviously have the the choice of you know obviously we've dropped maybe a couple of the books, some of the backups we know we don't like we're not going to read so. Naturally, that'll smooth things out over over the It'll month. It'll be interesting next week if we look back at the month and go, oh, which ones are we not reading next month? And kind of seeing how much are we actually cutting out? And just in, even in just in terms of like the the primary books, because I can think of there's there's at least a couple before we even look at. I, I, I think there's one or two each week that I don't want to read, uh, which is not bad actually. As a ratio goes, that's perfectly solid. Uh, yeah, if, that, if that's what it works out to be when I actually look at it properly, but. My gut instinct says there's a couple each week that I'm dropping, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Uh, all right, Matt, you want to rate the Black Racer story? Yeah, I'll give it a, a I'll give it a six point five. Connor, uh, I'm probably gonna do the same as what I did with the Midnight one, where it's just it, it's a five. It's fine. It's there. I think I think it appealed to me slightly more than the Midnight one, so I'll probably go with a six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's why I went up a little bit high too, because at least mm. you know. I think I had just, like, I think I was a bit more fatigued by the time I got to this one. I, or just like, oh, yeah, I man. just, I tuned out of the tune, uh, the Midnight one. This I, one, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm I, almost done. I do I'll think finish. fatigue is an issue, because I, I think if this, let's say this was just a $5 book where it was the main story and then just this one story is the backup, I think I might have been a bit more, like, willing for it. I think I'd have mm-hmm. been more open yeah. to, to reading it, whereas, like I said, you know, the Midnight one wasn't great. I was kind of already a bit checked out by the end that story and this one just didn't grab me back in whereas yeah. if i'd come to this one right off of that first story guarantee you would have paid more attention to it all right book as a whole matt we ran it man so book as a whole i wasn't a big fan of the, the backups but i really love that superman story so i'm gonna have to give this a 7.5 sure car uh i think it's still ultimately getting the the 8.5 from me um with with everything else <laughs> Rating is so stupid. I know, but I gave uh, I gave it a ten, a seven, and then a couple of fives. But that that first ten, you know, obviously, yeah, obviously, I mean, by their nature, uh, drag things up. Yeah, I'll probably give it an eight overall because it is get so weighted towards that first story uh, that I think is a must read. Um, admittedly, yeah. I think that these some of these will be easier to read because I mean, at least John Ridley's Batman is going to be bundled into a trade where it's just those chapters. Mm-hmm. Superman's maybe a bit weirder because it's not enough to get a full trade of just the main story of this. It, yeah, it's very hard to recommend someone go out and spend, what was this, $8 this one? $8. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to recommend you go out and spend $8 for that Which first was, 20 pages, as much as I love it. I think in the UK comicsology, it was like six forty or something. I can't remember the exact price. Right, yeah. It was something in that range. Uh, all right. There you go. That's Superman Worlds of War. Immortal Wonder Woman issue one. Now, you'll be glad to know that's the 60 pages done. <laughs> we're we're, we're declining. It's just a mere 
Yes, we're declining in size now as we go. Uh, so, super... Uh, sorry, Immortal Wonder Woman, issue one, right? This is... Uh, uh, I don't have the creators written down, because, again, there's multiple stories, uh, but... The main story... Jim Bartell on art. Jim Bartell on the much. art. Yeah. Which, and I believe this is uh, Becky Cloonan and uh, yeah. Michael Dummy Comrade uh, on yes. writing. Yes, so, so it's a new team. It's a new Wonder Woman team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is intriguing, because obviously it's like... And even, even this is playing with uh, when is it set, because the, the very first thing it says is, impossibly long ago in the distant future, which immediately is like, okay, you're playing with their minds. You don't want us to know exactly when this is set yet. We're, yeah. we're keeping this kind of, uh, you know, weird. Uh, but it's one of women get out of the Batcave, and essentially, you know, it's as if it's like an old shrine, and she ends up talking to a, a Bruce hologram, but she's reminiscing about her lost comrade, and she picks up the bat mm-hmm. uh, utility belt and, and puts it on. It's kind of a souvenir. Um, and you've got the the Bartell art, you know, when she goes back up to the sky, there's a lot of, you know, purples and blues and yellows in the sky. It's kind of that, that... It's very much what I expect from Bartell's yeah, it's, it's, specifically, you know, oh, it's gorgeous stuff. It's, it's, it's Bartell 101. Uh, and I don't mean that as a slight. I mean that is nope. exactly what I mean it as. It's just this Bartell. Uh, and mm-hmm. we see that on Apocalypse, uh, something some, something is eating the world and something's coming after various planets. Uh, and Darkseid doesn't give a shit. He lets Barda and Orion just kind of die. He's <laughs> like, whatever. And, I mean, it's, it's already an interesting premise of, uh, you yeah. know, they're calling Darkseid Highfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, that full page spread because he just leaves the planet and he, he looks down on it as it's like being consumed. That page right. is gorgeous. It's, a, it's something else. Uh, but we see that Warner Woman is keeping Swamp Thing safe on Themyscira, but uh, Swamp Thing is dying and the, the green is dying. Earth's days are numbered seemingly. And the other Amazons don't really want to, like, try and help at this point. They just want to kind of fight. Whatever's coming to Earth, this thing that consumed Apocalypse, they just want to try and fight it. They don't want to move and, like, do anything more strategic. And, and these are newer Amazons as well, by the sense yeah. of these are These are people that, that Diana has taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the next generation. Yeah. Uh, we, we have, like, all these very pretty pages of Darkseid soaring through space. And he's actually questioning, okay, it's been so long now... So similarly, sometime in the future, who's even survived on that puny planet Earth that I'm going to go go and you know take over now? Uh, he even drops a dark side is, which is you know mm-hmm. obviously pops us all now with a big evil grin. Yeah, uh, but there's a great panel where because obviously this is a Wonder Woman book, so I think I actually popped a little bit when he's like, "Who's even left?" And then you just see in the distance an old Superman. And he goes, "I should have known." Like, mm-hmm. hard not to pop a little it, bit. It's of that. kind of like the same reaction that all of us have. Cause, you know, we're off guard because it's a Wonder Woman book, like you say. And I don't think they'd announced that that there was any Superman in this book. Mm-mm. And it's like, oh, who survived? And in our heads, we're like, well, we know Wonder Woman, so you know, we're expecting Wait. that. And then you get to this at the bottom of that same page, and he goes, "I should have known." And I'm like, "Yep, should have done." Yeah, it it plays on our expectations. It's obviously the idea that Superman's still there even after everything else. This is way after War World and everything that whatever oh, yeah, happens. He's like fully gray. Yeah, you know uh, what this reminded me of? Uh, the Jason Aaron Thor story, Last Days of Midgard. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. can see that where, comparison. Yeah, where it's this is the end, and Galactus is coming to finally consume Earth because no one's there to stop him, but old King Thor's there, and of course, old Superman, and now you know, battle weary Wonder Woman, the, or we'll call her Immortal Wonder Woman. Yeah, are there, and I just I was getting the same vibes like. Her talking to the green uh, in in you know swamp thing, yeah. And, and Diana like... basically just decides to to even though she didn't want to fight head on like the others do because they want to do it. She's like, I'm going to stand by your sides because you're my sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's when Superman and Darkseid crash land on Earth. 
<laughs> so she she goes over and like sort of try, tries to stop Dark Side. Um, also, is that a Green Lantern ring she's wearing around her neck? Uh, oh, it looks like it actually. Yeah, because it, 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 I felt like it had a bit of a glow, but there, I wasn't sure if no, that was just. There's no close-ups, but given that she's wearing a Batman utility belt, it makes sense that that's what um, it is. It's that panel where Superman yeah. crashes. Uh, oh, that page. Sorry. Uh, on the left, you've got the two vertical panels of Diana. The close-ups. Uh, that first one, I, I was like, oh, it looks like a green glow, but also, like, is it just a, a yellow glow from the lasso reflecting? But I think it is just a green light. It's it's very green in every because I yeah. you know, I didn't even focus on it um until you just brought it up so i definitely think it's meant to be a green lantern ring almost like she's wearing it in remembrance though um yeah until it's here where it feels like she's full of will right like because she's gonna take out dark side i think maybe that's why it it seems to glow there like it's reacting to her yeah it's glowing as she's fighting dark side it seems to be glowing more yeah yeah i don't think it's though so much that she's actually been either chosen or is actually taken over as a green lantern but clearly it's reacting to the will that's building up in her uh as she's in this fight yeah. i think and i think this fight is absolutely gorgeous yeah um the, just the, the movement and you know the, the way uh, yeah. the, the way Michael portrays like you know like the, the the kick to the head you know with all the the, the lines coming off of it you really get a sense of the the the, the motion of it yeah and as this is yeah. happening swamp thing dies diana has to say goodbye really sadly and the cliffhangers, Darkseid's got Superman up by the throat, and but you know she's just sort of like crying because Swamp Thing's died. It's like it feels like all hope is lost, and that right. uh, you know this is the end. This is truly the end. So uh, I really like this main story in this book. I, I, it was uh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this is this is real solid. Again, it's another one that's like okay, I'm I'm bored for the main book now yeah. when that starts. I, I, I probably was anyway, but yeah, yeah well, I, I wasn't sure because I, I think the two writers that I was really excited about Wonder Woman. Uh, it had varying results, but that that was you know it was Wilson and it was uh, Tamaki, and you know Tamaki's was a bit more low key than I think we expected. Uh, Wilson's run I think was very good. Uh, Clarin, mm-hmm. I don't think I was inherently as excited uh, at face value for, but this story definitely got me interested. Yeah, um, I think I'm a little bit disappointed we don't have Bartel as the regular artist. Sure, um, but, but I mean I, I can't remember who we've got. It doesn't doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be bad. Um, but again, much like how we, we spoke about how Johnson seems to understand Superman, I feel like uh, Clint and Conrad understand Diana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I, the only thing going against us is that it's not quite as good as the first uh, Yara Floor issue of Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I mean, this, this is Diana, though. So, like, that's okay. If, if I have, like, actual critiques to me, I think it's a little bit clunky at times with the dialogue like here at the end where mm. it feels like just it, the, the fight's still going when Norman takes the moment to stop and talk to Swamp Thing uh, instead of immediately rushing off to help Superman I just there's some moments like that that feel a little bit contrived or clunky but not enough to ruin it for me yeah and Swamp Thing tells it to get up because he doesn't want to die alone which is really sad <laughs> just uh, uh, so no I, mean, I think it's obviously very beautiful drawn and the colouring's very pretty uh, the story feels big. It feels like you say, compare it to that Thor story. I think it's a really wise move. So, mm. um, yeah, I feel special in that sense. Uh, what are you giving this main story, Matt? Uh, I'm giving this an eight. I I didn't know for for all the clunkiness and whatnot. I mean, I'm a sucker for Jim Bartel art. So like, this this is kind of always what I wanted to see from Bartel. So yeah, Connor. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the 8 as well. Uh, would have been slightly higher if not for the clunkiness. Yeah, I think I'll probably go with the 8 too. Uh, yeah, very very pleased with this. Again, very promising for the for the run coming uh, from from the sim writer, or sim writing team, I should say. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, then there is a backup though, which is about Grail going around stealing artifacts to do a thing. Um, and our other Wonder Woman here, uh, Nubia, mm-hmm. Uh, this is written by L.L. McKinney, art by Alisa mm-hmm. Martinez. Um, I, I mean, I like the design of this Wonder Woman. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I believe, this is a weird one where a lot of the things in Future State are like almost adverts for upcoming yeah. runs. This yeah. is uh, in in the same way, but rather than being uh, you know, for one of the upcoming main books, uh, Nubia is getting one of the uh, graphic novels, you know, the, the teen line, I believe. Mm. Uh, which is going to be her origin story. So this is kind of like a prequel to that, almost. I, I like. The, I, I think I like the uh, the really big hair. I really like. I think that's something the artists can really play with. Uh, is how they incorporate mm-hmm. that into the the action, especially when it, you know she's, uh, you know, their heads getting knocked back and the hair's flying up. There's a lot of really, mm-hmm. really fun things. It's very reminiscent of the, the post crisis Diana's wonder. You know, her hair back when it was really yeah. long and curly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Perez stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I like that. I mean, I don't love the art necessarily in this. It's fine. I mean, it's okay. It's, it's, it feels very like- kind of. It feels typical house style DC to me. There were a couple of points. I'm trying to skim through now to find it. But, but there I, were a I like the breakdowns I... when it starts to get to the fighting scenes. Sure. Just you have odd angles. You know, like, there's that the panel at the the top of the page where she's catching a knee. Uh, but like the way that the angles are cut, mm. you know, they're almost like they're cut out, and there's. The negative space behind it and whatnot and I, I thought that was really cool but you're right like the character designs and whatnot are just very typical of dc um but i don't think that's necessarily bad i do just... i do like the page though where she st- touches this rock and it has this thing where it mm-hmm. shows like a future uh like you know fight mm-hmm. or death or whatever it is um i like that page where you know, she's holding her head streaming as she's seeing this like death right. and destruction uh and like something from the past involving what turns out to be her aunt i think if anything I do think this issue or this story doesn't. It's not. It's it's not super friendly with explaining exactly who she is, who her aunt is, or the context right. of what's going on. It, it kind of leaves it a lot of it open, and that's not like, completely bad. But because you know, it's like okay, we're not even. You're only going to get more of this if you go and buy the graphic novel. So it's not like. Right. Yeah. Um. I do have a, a I, one question to do yeah. with the, the story, the, the the storytelling and the lettering that really confused me, and I was very confused. Mm-hmm. Like on that first page, there's a conversation where it's like, "Oh, stop simpering, deactivate the case." Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, you said you, you said I'd be spared, and then, you know, I said may. And then you know that, that's fine. That's in context there. And that's the guard that's uh, just the right. grills talking yes. to. Later on, that same conversation replays in the middle of the fight scene. Yeah, and I was. It, and it even has the same. Uh, you know, it says you know Atlanta, Michael C. Carlos Museum, which mm-hmm. again in the middle of the fight, like we had on the first page, telling us where we were. If it feels like the lettering was copy and pasted and superimposed, and it was, they they fixed that. If you have the digital one, it they fixed it. Oh, did they fix There's that? There's an update. After. Okay, because mm-hmm. I read this straight away and I was like, yeah, they fixed it because I thought the uh, thought the same thing. And then I when I was thumbing back through it, I was looking for it because I was going to bring it up. But it seems like they fixed it because it's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I took a screenshot to share on Twitter. I was like, what's going yeah. on here? This is weird. Um, I, yeah. I, I didn't see them announce that they fixed it. So I just realized who her auntie is. Sure. 
if you look on the club door they go through, there's a giant spider on it, and it's called the Ebony Web, and her aunt is Nancy. So if you know anything about mythology, there's Anasazi, the spider woman, yeah, who is, I'm pretty sure that's who that's supposed to be. And it just uh, took so. till now for me to to realize that because the way it ends, it seems like pretty sinister with her, you know, like there's something more to it. So, uh, but like yeah. Pete said, it's like, it's a, almost like this is like a trailer for the Nubia book. That's or it's, story. Yeah. That's pretty be much what it is. It's it, it, it just because mm. obviously that's going to be the origin story. Yeah. Um, so so that's that's kind of comes across without. I don't know. It just it feels like it doesn't actually give you enough context to really get latch on yeah. to anything that's happening. It feels I, just released out of order almost. Like this should have been yeah. released in a few months after that was out. I think yeah. the the art is maybe at its worst when it's just her sitting talking to her aunt because it, you know when we see this a lot with some artists where they're better at the action with there's a lot of movement and like sort of like motion going on. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas when it's just sitting and it's just characters talking to each other, so it's a lot more focused on the faces and the expressions and the uh, the, the the performance of the characters, if, if you will. Uh, some artists have strengths one or the other. So it's obviously, some great artists can do both, but uh, I think this art may be at its weakest when it's maybe trying to deal with those subtleties and not being as subtle as it could be, <laughs> I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, it ends in a weird cliffhanger. Uh, where mm-hmm. it feels like there might be an earthquake, but then it's Nubia's like taken away through a portal. Um, after her aunt's been telling her this story about oh, this this great evil they fought once upon a time, and uh, mm-hmm. these nine pieces of uh, you know sacred rock or whatever were spread right. out throughout the world. Basically, so- they created a weapon that could bring down gods, and then we're like, uh oh, what if people get these? And and use them for bad. And there's a side effect where it also opens yeah. portals to like in between dimensions and yep. realms and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why Grail wants it. Which I did like seeing Grail again. That was cool. It's interesting um, that this is effectively original batch of characters for this graphic novel, but they're using like mm-hmm. characters like Grail from actual Wonder Woman to sort well, of pepper and, into and it. Nubia too, because uh, someone was like, "Oh, it's the first appearance," and they go, "No, no, no. Nubia's existed since the '70s in Wonder Woman com- comic. She just." never been wonder woman so mm. that's cool too you know they're giving these characters that have been established and letting them you know play in the sandbox yeah i'm not cool. familiar with her previously at least i mean maybe she's yeah. popped up in the background of some stuff but not enough that i've remembered oh no no yeah. and that's why because i thought this was new too but yeah. I, I did look and and yeah 1973 was the first appearance and even in crisis she shows up um Hmm. Uh, and then in post-crisis, she's slightly different in the pre-crisis way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, yeah, she's been established, so that's cool. They're bringing her back around, and you know, I, I feel like Wonder Woman is kind of that neck of the woods that it needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. Um, yeah, not necessarily for like Wonder Woman family characters, but like there's so much there that you can do with different mythologies, and like why is it just the Amazons? You know, clearly Nubia is an Amazon, but, you know, her origin's slightly it, different. It, it does feel like we're getting that now, because obviously we've got mm-hmm. uh, Nubia being in, you know, graphic novels, and maybe we'll be more mm-hmm. after that, I don't know. But we've got it, Yara Floor as well, yeah. which we know we're getting right. a mini of, right? I don't think it's actually been solicited yet, but they did announce a mini. I think, right. uh, this, like some of the other backups, this is one where I'll just see how I feel when I finish the main story on the day when I'm reading it in the next issue, and <laughs> see if I want to yeah. read this, more of this. Because it's not bad, it's not great either. It's just kind of just you know, it's okay. I can see what it's doing. I can see the potential in this character and the mythology they've set up here. But I said I love reading this on its own. 
uh it was just it was kind of okay so with that said matt what do you want to rate uh, this nubia story um i'm gonna give the nubia story a seven car i'm gonna give it a five with the acknowledgement that part of that is my experience reading it was that lettering mistake which is mm. now fixed but that did harm my experience reading it uh i'm gonna go right in between i'm gonna say a six which i think is i think it's a perfectly fine read but not something that uh blew me away by any means so uh wonder woman uh issue one as a whole or immortal wonder woman issue one i should say uh matt um i'm gonna give it an eight connor uh out of the two i'll i'll come down at a seven yeah i'll yeah i'll just agree with that seven yeah cool, cool. there you go that's a mortal wonder woman issue one Future State, Nightwing issue one, Andrew Constant rating, and Nicholas Scott on the art. So we're on to the, the regular size books now, which is nice. <laughs> it's nice, yeah. nice and simple. Uh, this was okay, I thought. I liked some of this. It wasn't amazing, but it This was... is one I I probably won't pick back up if the week is this big again. Sure. <laughs> it's so. perfectly fine. I kind of didn't care about anything that happened, uh, which I... is annoying because it's Nightwing. Um, I yeah. thought it was it was perfectly fine. Uh, I thought the art is. I mean, it's Nicholas Scott for start. So I mean, obviously the art is solid. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like Nicholas. I don't know if it's the inker or the colorist. Um, it didn't have that Nicholas Scott flair that I'm used to. It's a little, know? it's a little different. I mean, I appreciated this as a Nightwing. He's been lured into a trap by the magistrate. They're they're faking like a like a mugging or something, uh, and he comes in. The couple who were getting attacked attack him, uh, so a bit of a fight scene, and he retreats to I think it's the yeah it's the Arkham Asylum. What's left of it? Uh, he's got a sweet moment with Babs where he sort of says thanks, Babs, for uh, her help over the comms. But uh, ultimately, this is about uh, the the new Batman showing up, and Dick traps him at first, uh, and basically questions why he's doing what he's doing and wants to know why he's here. And it turns out that the next Batman is like, no, I want to be part of your, your team. I want to be part of your squad because I can't do this on my own. Uh, and that's basically the story as the uh, magistrate are showing up outside because they've tracked uh, Nightwing here. Mm-hmm. Um, Which he knew about, though. He's like, yeah. I'll let him. Uh, I'm just I'm ready to fight. They, they use nanotech in their, like, I don't know. They, they give him some nanotech. Courtesy of Ray Palmer, I'm sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's courtesy of Ray Palmer. Um, this was a sort of thing where I thought it was an easy read. I thought, thought it flowed well enough, and I think the it, it's just generally okay. Here's the the the, the back character status quo in this future stake version of Gotham. Um, I'll, I'll I'll probably read the next one of these. I think this is a a case of because I'm going to be reading much less of the backups. I think next time when this next issue drops, I don't think I'm going to feel as anywhere nearly as bogged down. And That's I think possible. I think for me it just it just didn't have that much going on. Like there wasn't much to it. There wasn't much meat in it uh, that, that makes me want uh, to read more i mostly forgot what had happened just I, because i've read so much other stuff since i think that's fair i, I think for me yeah. this was kind of what you were saying about the mr miracle backup is that this was world building uh right um I'm, I'm okay with that in a 10 page backup um less I'm, I'm a bit more annoyed at that in a 399 book i've also not read a lot of good dick comics for a while so maybe i just enjoy <laughs> see, see this is the thing the argument is i could leave it not while the next month and come in fresh to the to the tailor. That's right, true. And, be, and, be, that. and be like, oh, this is such a breath of fresh air. I did like the art, though. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, there's not a lot to say on this, which is good because we have a lot of books to talk about. I, but I <laughs> it says a lot that uh, Scott's art shines in the the back third when like Nightwing's in the shower, for example, like onwards. It, it like all the lines clean up 
and it, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, you have a really kinetic fight scene in the shower. I, I also like the idea of the next Batman coming to Dick, and like Dick even being impressed as, oh, you, you got out of your restraints a little bit quicker than I thought. But, you know, the idea that he expected him to do it, it was kind of a test in and of itself. Uh, the idea of Dick meeting this new Batman and kind of their interaction is it's interesting enough to me uh, that I, I was kind of into this. Um, so, just to jump straight to the chase, 7 out of 10 for me. Matt, what are you giving it? <laughs> I'm going to give it a 6.5. Oh, that's going to be a really short review on the finished cop for YouTube. Uh, what are you giving it, Connor? Yeah, it's a 6 from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a lot to it. Uh, but I I enjoyed the world building added to the Future State Gotham side of things. So, there you go. Next up, Future State Catwoman, issue 1. Ram V writing with Otto Schmidt on the art. Uh, nice to see Otto Schmidt on another book again. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been a big fan of his ever since the Green, Green Arrow days back at the start yep. of Rebirth. Uh, not really surprising given that it's Ram V who's been doing a great job on Catwoman uh, that this is a fantastic issue. I think what's more interesting though is that it's a very different type of issue though to his Catwoman issues so far because it's not a crime book. This is a, a train siege issue where... I mean, it's kind of a heist. It's a heist, it's, but that, that's know, different. It's a heist, but it, it, you know, it's very different from the mob crime yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'd say it's very different. Th- this is more... Yeah, a heist where the magistrate are moving some high-priority uh, prisoners. And obviously, at the end of the issue, it reveals that the big one that she's trying to get to is Bruce Wayne. Like, he's alive, and they've got him, and he's on this train. Um, But, you know, Selena's got uh, her strays helping. She's going to get on this train. There's a lot of big, ridiculous action stuff where she's raiding, like, her... It looks like a bike she's stole from Bruce, to be honest. Like, some fancy futuristic bat bike. Yep. And... Yep. She does this insane, you know, raid off a bridge onto the top of the train. It's very... It's got uh, like, like, a, like a thing that, that, that pops out of like wings and lets it glide a little bit. Yeah, and she's got magnets in her, her hands and feet. So she's... Because you know, the, the, over the comms, uh, they're like, hey, you know, you've got like nine minutes until the magnetism wears off uh, and you're just going to get thrown from the train because it's going... It's like a bullet train. It's going super fast. Yeah, it's like you've got to get inside in like, uh, it's like 12 minutes from when yeah. she lands. Uh, and all of this is just really good art. It's really fun to read through. Uh, flows really well. Uh, you've, you've got the panels and the speed lines all really flowing. Like it's like you say, the the, pa- the page where she jumps off the bridge and then glides onto the train. Yeah, you know, it's only four panels, but it has a lot of motion and movement uh, in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is something I've come to really appreciate about Ramby. And, and I know this is praising the art here specifically, but Ramby, as I've noticed in his books has a lot of respect for knowing when to shut up and let the art do its thing. Oh, yeah. Like, on this, yeah. on this page you're talking about, there are two uh, word balloons, and that's it. The rest of the page yeah. is just the art. And, and you know, it, it would be easy to stuff narration boxes on that because there's so much, quote-unquote, empty space around where the bike is in midair. Like, you could just stick narration boxes on the, the background of the city, but he doesn't. And, and it's worth mentioning, we don't start from uh, Catwoman's perspective. We actually start, the framing device for this book is that the magistrate, like Captain or whoever he is, is being, he's basically been told to accept this, this inspection from this high-ranking official who, and it's this woman in blonde hair, who's there to sort of see that everything's running smoothly. And he's essentially given her the tour of the trains. This is our, our protocols. This is what we do. Everything's going to be fine. And, you know, the first time we see Catwoman, she's just doing some sort of like sign language for her, like, you know, her, her, Team, presumably a, mm-hmm. a cat symbol that she's yeah. with a hand. Um, right. it was hard not to think of the too sweet symbol, to be honest, Matt. When I saw it, it, it. it it's very much too sweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, it, it sort of presents that we were kind of waiting for it to come in, so it does it in this sort of exciting way. We're like, oh, what's she up to? She's like, they're doing something with this train, we just don't know yet. And then we get all the action stuff. 
Uh, but the big twist again at the end, not only is it the Bruce Wayne is the, the, the big prisoner that uh, they're, they're trying to get to, is that this woman in blonde hair actually kills the guy who's running the train and then takes mm-hmm. off her wig. And the reveal is this is Talia who's helping Selena oh. get to Bruce. Which honestly is, is kind of a cool reveal because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. even Talia wants to help get Bruce out of this to like try and help so fix whatever's going on. Who is the magistrate? Because like, they're, they're clicking right. out you know, and I think they mentioned uh, they've got Cheshire on the inside as well, right? In this issue, I just did they mean Cheshire? I thought that was just a code because it seemed like they were all different. Their codes were all different cat I names. I mean, it could be, it, it could know? well be. But I was like, also it's... the mask that person was wearing looked like Cheshire Cat. Yeah, it's, no, it, it's very oh. possible. But I was like, maybe it's because I mean that is a character who can play on both sides, um, depending yeah. on the story. So definitely, was, so. But no, um, I this like I know you you guys have been on the Catwoman, you know, Ram V Catwoman thing, and so I, I read this we're, one. We've been on the Ram v, v Catwoman train, Matt. Say it properly. Yeah, it's, I I didn't want to. That's why I stopped myself and went to switch. Um, <laughs> you guys have been all over it, and so I was like, well, I'll read this. It's got Otto Schmidt art. Why not? And it was like really good. Like I was completely surprised. And then we got the the Talia reveal, and it was like a a train robbery in the old west kind of even before like, that i was really excited to see onomatopoeia because you know yeah does yeah, not yeah. get used very often that's a good point yeah. and villain onomatopoeia ends up working with catwoman helping fight right. uh, basically it's just like look you help us get off the train you fight through i'll let you go free uh, I'll, i won't say anything yeah get a one-time pass and greatest and- greatest of coloring here because like outside it's snowing so there's a lot of blues and whites outside inside it's more muted reds but once the fighting starts and it's, you get the, the idea that alarms are going off so all the red lights come on you get all this yeah. harsh red light inside the inside the train so again uh, everything feels really distinct to my mind when i think of it i like i read this on tuesday and I didn't even skim it before this because I didn't need to. I remembered it so vividly because it was so well told through both the, the writing and the art. Um, Matt, you have to catch up in Catwoman and read uh, yeah, well, I, once, you know, once... When Matt tweeted about it, I was like, wait, you weren't reading Catwoman? I didn't realize he, yeah. he hadn't been. Uh, yeah. Uh, God damn, it's so good. I, I will get caught up. It, it would be nice if I didn't have 14 books this week. I know, I know. But know? like, yeah, yeah well, once, once Future State... Well, I mean, even just next month when you've cut out a lot of the Future State books you know you don't like. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's catch on up list. on those those three issues or four issues, For whatever sure. it's been. Um, no, but the reveals are cool. Uh, it feels it actually feels really important to the overall future state bat stuff because it is about finding Bruce Wayne. Because I mean, I assume this is set after Dark Detective. I'm guessing because Bruce is in custody. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, custody. Yeah. So I'm guessing that. Um, but who who knows at this point? Like yeah. I know there's I know there's that um Connor always brings up the the timeline. Yeah. But... Yeah, but they they group everything just in the year but and within that year it's all just alphabetical so that's no right. Yeah. Right. Uh, like so... no direct placement so it's harder to say. I think this issue mm-hmm. was kind of a masterclass and I've said this a few times about Ram V recently with Catwoman issues but I think this is a masterclass because it introduces I mean it turns out one of them is Talia but at least from the at face value she was a new character. We have these two characters uh, sort of like framing everything on the train. We have Catwoman doing the heist, her teaming up with a villain to like fight through the train, people helping her on the outside, all this great action stuff. The entire issue is framed with the idea of this train section, and then presumably the next issue is going to feel very separate because of that. Um, mm-hmm. But then the twist at the end, like, and then the colouring breaking out, like, everything about this just... 
This was almost a perfect issue. And the only reason why it may not get a 10 is because maybe it's not like it got the emotional impact of, say, something that's got the, the gut punch of a doomsday clock or maybe a perfect right. issue and of Superman that Connor talked so, about something earlier. Something that we, we didn't kind of mention that I think is really nice thing is the multiple different countdowns that are going throughout yeah. the issue. That are mm-hmm. So uh, you have the first one you've got, you know, like 15 minutes to get to the train, you know, 12 minutes with your magnets, and it keeps popping up with a timer every every couple of pages uh, to let us know how they're doing. And then, you know, towards the end uh, you know it resets a new one going right we've got 50 minutes till this tunnel and you know by the the, the final panel i think has you know it, it's a, a close-up on uh, on bruce's face i think and it's like you know 41 minutes left whatever yeah so i think we're still going to be in the train next issue but yeah uh obviously mm-hmm. things are going to be very different uh, actually one of the timing things that's really important which i i just i'm remembering it now as you brought that up is when selena does jump out of the roof of the train and it has to come inside basically there has to be a couple of her people on the inside have to fight back and then open a door for her to get in. And if they didn't do that at that exact time, um, A, she'd be screwed. But likewise, it's, it's told from the perspective of the kid who's going to open the door because he's like, if we don't open this door, if Selena's not there to like take on these bad guys, we're screwed because they're going to yep. just beat the chair. And I, I love the way this is told. You know, the the, the small tight panels him, you know, desperately clicking at yeah. the, the pad to open it. And then the whip just comes in after, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, through the through the door. And oh, it's great. Very suspenseful, very cathartic when it happens, and you get the payoff with the whip coming through. So really good stuff. Um, Ram V's Catwoman continues to be one of the best books that DC have and right now. It's so interesting that this is compared to a lot of the Future State books, so disconnected from his main book. Uh, you know, right. like, there are no real. Like, you know, okay, te- that first bit set in Alleytown, and you have the strays, which is presumably just showing us she's going to build a community in Alleytown over mm-hmm. the course of her run, which is not really surprising. Um, but compared to, like, say, uh, the Titans one from last week, which was clearly, okay, this is what to expect in that Titans Academy book, this is right. not that. It's it's a very disconnected adventure that anyone who hasn't been reading Catwoman, like Matt, can just jump into and still, mm-hmm. you know, really enjoy. Yeah. And it made me want to go back, and, you know, despite it, your guys' It works as, a, as an advert in its own quality, rather yeah, than tying like, in story. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure but... it's going to have different art, but... Um... Even uh, the art has been crazy. killing it on, on yeah, yeah, the art's so... been great. It's basically take the quality of this and mix in a lot of a little bit of like a Brubaker crime book, and that's what you're getting right. from the main issues. So you're speaking on my language. I know. Yeah, I know. Th- this is why I was shocked that you weren't reading it already. It's it's such a book map. Because I'm trying to read less stuff, and then this week happened, and yeah, I, <laughs> like I can't not read Nightwing. I can't not read Shaz- I, uh, Shazam. I but like maybe I shouldn't have. Don't yeah. worry. I mean, this is the great thing about it, is that February can be much later because you've you've tried them and the ones that you're yes. going to drop, you can drop, and it's all, right. all is well in the world. Uh, with that said, though, Matt, what are you going to rate Catwoman? Future State. I'm giving this one a nine. All right, this one's real good. Connor. Yeah, it's a nine for me as well. Uh, so good. I'm trying to talk myself up a little bit to the nine point five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. Nine point five. Catwoman, future state. There you go. Because there was so much negativity about the backups in those first couple of books that I I, I, I want to let the po- when the positivity feels like it's there, I want to let it flow, baby. Let it flow for yeah, everyone to enjoy. It's really interesting how when we get to the end and do rankings, this is kind of even you know probably going to be higher than the Superman book, even though that main Superman story I think is better than this. Yeah, but and that's because of the backups. So this right, but that Superman story is like the same length as this. It's so bizarre. Right. Yeah. But hey, 
Uh, there you go. That's a uh, Future State Catwoman issue one. Uh, Future State Shazam issue one. Tim Sheridan writing with Eduardo Pansica on the art. This is so that's Tim Sheridan also did the Teen Titans book last week, right? That's the same mm-hmm. writer. Yep. I'm remembering. Yep. Uh, so this is kind of a, an interesting premise. And when I say interesting, all I really mean is different. <laughs> Before you read into what I mean by that. Uh, yeah. So Future State Shazam is. In the future, and we don't really get to know this by, by till the ending, but it's about a Shazam where Billy and Shazam have actually split up, uh, mm-hmm. and they're separate entities. And Shazam is kind of in the world, and he's kind of he's on this you know team of heroes with uh, Miss Martian and Bunker's there. Bunker, yeah. It's like a secondary Titans team. Yeah, yeah. this is the one that we we saw that they were out in the field in that last yeah. uh, Titans issue. Yeah. And they end up fighting like Giganta, uh, and uh, the Creeper is there, uh, and one of the big things is that Shazam, because the, the, the Creeper ends up dead, murdered, and when they look into it, because uh, they're like, oh, there's like a serial killer going around killing supervillains, and when they analyze the footage later or whatever it is, it turns out that Shazam's behind it. Um, but we get this this backstory where Shazam and Billy separated in hell because Shazam's power is meaningless there. So it made sense that Billy would be this guardian for this tomb in hell. Right. And so Billy's like, uh, left there in hell and chains, because he's like chained against this door. Yep. Yeah, for, for reasons, I guess. Uh, I'm not entirely clear why well, he's, he needed to. So the whole thing with Billy is that he is like a moral paragon, right? That's why mm-hmm. the the wizard chose him. And over time we've seen like, no, Billy mm-hmm. can be fallible and whatnot. But here, he's pure enough that, like, his purity is what's going to keep that door locked. Right. So the bargain with Neron is... is, I I don't really understand what's really behind the door, what what it matters. I I don't either, and I'm sure I don't understand the weight of the sacrifice, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to tie into whatever's happening in the Titans book, that Sheridan's writing that, and we know... Very possibly, yeah. That ties in with the Four Horsemen... So I'm sure that has something to do with all this. And I read this and I'm like, this is fine. I just... This feels you know. like it needs a few extra issues, more than two, to actually mm-hmm. get its concepts across. Because I feel like, I think it's just trying to do too much. And I just, I felt like, okay, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was mm-hmm. not big on this issue. That's probably, because this is going to be in two issues, but it probably should be like five or six, just to actually introduce all the concepts that it's actually playing with. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a complete travesty. This is not the Flash future state where it, it, it I was angry. It kind of feels though like this should have been you know the the Titans book rather than being two issues, maybe should have been four, and this should have been like a, a B plot in that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could see that. Uh, it's, 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 especially since we're assuming it's related. Um, well, I mean, I, I, we had Shazam in that book. The you know yeah. the, that team was mentioned, and same writer. It feels intrinsically linked. I, yeah. I appreciate that Sheridan seems to have a idea of this Titans world that the his book's mm-hmm. going to take place in, because it seems like stuff that happens there is what leads to this. So I feel like he has a pretty solid like but, word document full of all the the beats. Yeah, for his yeah. Titans Academy. Role. And I just like you said with this one, you summed it up perfectly. Where this is a B plot that didn't need its own. Like if this had happened in the course of. Do you know what his do you know what this book? Do you know what this should have been? This should have been the ten page backup in Titans Academy. Yeah. yeah. Or 
Uh, whatever it was called. That would have worked. Yeah, that would have worked. So yeah, I, but, I, yeah. I will say this is not this is not does not put me off trying this Teen Titans Academy book though. Oh, me neither. Uh, I, but like that, if this was a backup, that would have been okay. Okay, cool. Here though, taking up the whole issue was just like oh. Because I mean, well, I, I think I, the main critique, fine, but the main critique of that Teen Titans issue last week is that okay, I like kind of the ideas that it's playing with, and I appreciate what it's setting up for that run. But it was overstuffed, and this feels kind of similar to me, where it's, but without the, the the better qualities that that book also had, it just feels like the overstuffed parts. My, I, I really hope that they're only overstuffed because it's just trying to cram so much into two issues, and not just that mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to pace his issues correctly. I told, I hope that's the case. I'm hoping that when we get to read the actual Teen Titans Academy issue one, that we're not going to be like, oh, I'm hoping that we get to that, it'll be paced like an issue one, and I'll feel like I'm getting interested in the concepts at yeah. a reasonable rate. Yeah. Because I think we're, we're giving them the benefit of the doubt here that, oh no, you're just trying to put too much into a two-issue story, uh, or two different two-issue stories here. Uh, and that when, you, when you've got a proper ongoing, you'll pace things better. Yeah, if, but, the, if the first couple issues of Teen Titans Academy feel like this, and it'll be, a, it'll be a quick drop, I think, for all of us. But Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As it is, wait and see. Uh, do I care about reading issue two of the Shazam Future State book? Nope. Nah, not really. Nope, not on a loaded week like this one. I think I'm going to forget whatever happened in this by the time the second one comes out. I yeah. forgot what had happened in this since I read it on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean I have to admit I was kind of having to look at some pages as I was introduced to it just to like you know rejog my memory. Like what went what on in this book? Oh yeah, the murdered creeper. That's right. Uh, no. Him and Billy were split up, uh, and they are okay. Pensika's obviously uh, a pretty solid house style yeah. artist for DC. Uh, not knockout by any means, but then not not displeasing either. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, Shazam on the last page does look a little bit weird proportionally. I think it's the angle he's at, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but hey, not, not too bad. Matt, what are you giving uh, Future State Shazam? I'm gonna give us a six. Connor, uh, it gets a four from me. <laughs> uh, I'll, Again, I'll, I'll go with a straight five. There you go. Split it. Yes. I thought Carver was going to say something else. I was, I was... Just, just, four is below average. It's not terrible. And and I think this is below average. Yes, I was giving uh, Carver the window there. Uh, Alright, that's Future Station's um, issue one. Uh, Batman Catwoman issue two. So we're, we're out of Future Stateville and we're yep. into uh, other things here. So Tom King and Clayman here uh, for this issue. And I think I really like what, some of the, the, what this book's playing with, with some of its ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, first of all, I'll say that all the scenes in this of Phantasm hunting down like Joker's like henchmen, mm-hmm. like the one on the train, especially in the subway, absolutely yeah. gorgeously like yeah, t- creepy. Loved it. Definitely, I'll agree there. Yeah. I think the art too. The art is oh, that's a, great. Yeah, yeah. When when Clayman does show up, it really looks great. You know, because we've we've talked about some of the stuff in in the series that we don't like to name anymore or. Even in uh, when he did the double date with mm-hmm. Clark and Lois, and some of it would look just kind of like he just was say copy and pasted, but you know they were definitely repeat stuff. Here though, like that's not an issue. Like oh, yeah. every and that, and that, every that, page just brings it. And that second so. page of uh, Phantasm, the full page spread with the blade, yeah, like uh, that that's like putting a frame and putting your wall worthy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, you know it's this next level. Uh, but you have a uh, Catwoman in present day going to see Joker uh, about yep. what's going on with Phantasm, 
uh, and not wanting Bruce to find out her part in the in this backstory. Uh, yeah. So the the overarching story in this one is that one by one, Phantasm's going and killing people that have worked with Joker, and it's even like it gets to one of the henchmen that really was never at crime scenes, but did like the setup. So like someone has to load the acid into the to the flower for him to spray or you know set up the traps and that guy gets whacked by phantasm and then you start to find out that this lion uh, necklace that was stolen and you know with the joker selena might have had something to do with that in working with the joker so now that might put her on the hit list that's what i got from this yeah and the the, the book ends with uh in the present day part of the the story with selena lying to batman because he straight up asked did you have anything to do with this were you there when joker did this thing and she says no uh i will say joe has grown on me though since since the uh, first issue is the uh future stuff with old selena and old old joker in the house i actually Mm -hmm. really loved almost every scene they had in this issue with that yep well because it went from being something like why is she going talking to this old man then you realize it's the Joker, and then here there's there's no doubts because just the way that you know he's very Jokerified in this, and he goes to go get her a water and pulls a gun out of the freezer. Yeah, because she know, wants but... to say there's there's almost like a slapstick comedy yeah. like build up mm-hmm. of how like yep. like they're going to try and kill each he, other. He comes out, guns blazing, and she's behind him because she's still Selena. You know, she's still the greatest cat thief ever. Um, and and there's allusions to. The, the, you know, Joker brings up, you know, before your first wedding, you had me in the church, which made me automatically mm-hmm. think of Connor, you know. Because <laughs> uh, that cross, he's like, you, yeah, you, you cut, he goes, you cut my throat, but you didn't really intend for me to die, you know. You, you left it just enough that I could survive. And that was foolish on your part, you yeah. know. And then by the end, she goes straight for it, and it looks like, she ends the Joker right then and there. Well, I just, uh, just, I don't want to gloss over that. So, he, he, yeah. there's a great panel where he's coming out the kitchen door with the gun. That's, and he, he's, yeah. he's looking through the, the, the crack in the door, and it's a really creepy, sort of almost a shining esque kind of, here's yeah. Johnny thing. And he comes out, but when he goes to aim the gun, Slade is already behind him because, yep. you know, she's, she's learned from Batman, I guess. Yeah. That's a great full page spread because he, cause he, he takes a shot. He comes out and you see the the bullet holes hit the, 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 uh, five. the it's the it's the yeah. back of the couch that he's, he's hitting mm-hmm. at the bottom of that page, and then the following full page spread is her standing behind him. She's already waiting for him, but in the foreground, the feathers of the couch from the gunshots are, are like you know going through the air. Around. It's yep. it's beautiful stuff. Like they are, I mean, it's really elevating everything here, um, mm-hmm. which is not to diminish that I do think Tom King's telling some interesting stuff here, but. Uh, I definitely like this issue more than issue one. I, I think all of the different elements were clicking a yeah. bit better and paying off a bit more. Yeah, and... in when you think about like first and second issues, where the first has to have like that hook to get you involved, and then the second is when the story really starts coming along. And here, that's where now we have the phantasm, and we know is you know Joker's responsible for killing her son, um, and that now she's getting revenge, and it's being told over different time frames. Right. So we're getting all of that. And yeah, I just it's this is when I feel like Tom King books work the best, you know, is when he's kind of playing with this idea. And from right here, I feel like the idea in this one was trust because, you know, even Joker even goes and sets off the bat signal. 
right? To talk with Batman and Catwoman. And Batman's like, it's no, the angle of it's off. That's not the police. So they go to it, and that's you know where they they talk about stuff. So yeah, and Joker surrenders, uh, which yeah. which leads to like the the confrontation with Batman and Catwoman, where he's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want this to be based on lies. And right. She's like, ask me, you know, where are you there with the Joker? And she says, no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, we know she's lying, and or, right. to some extent. So it's, so the, the issue ends after that, uh, in the in the future part where she takes out her hand and uses her nails, literally claws his throat. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like she's killed him. And the last panel is the Joker yeah. lying in a pool of blood in his old age. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And she's looking down at him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if this if, if old Joker is dead, it makes me wonder what more of this future story will be, if there is any more of the future stuff. Uh, the, the, it feels like there should be. It feels like it's going to constantly be I, past, present, and future. The fact that Bruce is gone, but Selena's still around, and the whatever happens with the Phantasm, I feel like the Phantasm's still coming for her. Because I feel like the phantasm is that mm. it represents almost that guilt. Do you think we're right? going to get old? I mean, assuming phantasm doesn't like die in present day story, but well, what's what I mean is it maybe it's not phantasm exactly. It's mm. it's a version of phantasm that's you know Selena. It's Selena's own guilt for all of this, you know. Because yeah. if she's lying about what happened with Joker to Bruce, what else? is there in her past, right? Yeah, like, well, that, that was one of the most interesting things about the first issue, was Selena's attitude towards Phantasm yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. the real woman, whose name I'm forgetting. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea, thank you. Uh, yeah. But, like, her attitude towards her was very surprising. It was very sympathetic. It was very, mm-hmm. you know, she part of the reason why she was there to see Joker was because of her and on her behalf and not, right. you know, so so it wasn't like this jealous, like, oh, you had a thing with Bruce kind of thing. Right. Um. So I'm still interested in that. I'm interested to see how her guilt plays out and the, the mm-hmm. trust between them. And she even brings up in this issue, she's like, yeah, you know, Bruce on his deathbed asked me to be a good person, which, you know, and we know that means no killing. Like, what has one rule is no killing, but she can't. She has to go kill for, the Joker. She has to. The Joker, right. Yeah. Because he's never paid for whatever, you know. Bruce isn't here anymore, you know, and I'll, I'll take that up with him later. That's the vibe that I got from her. So, yeah. So, yeah. That was real, real good though. This is the king that I enjoy, so that's uh, right. And it's a quick read. After some of the reads this week, the fact that I got through this so quick, yeah, felt very nice. Flows very well. Yeah, it doesn't overstuff the pages with dialogue for sure. Um, one of the little touches I like is the old man Joker. He's got like a shirt, you know, like a he's got like blue shorts on, and he's got like this mm-hmm. red. No, it's not a Hawaiian shirt. It's just striped. But I do think there's kind of an intentional callback to the killing joke here, where he tries to shoot Selena, but then gets like you know sidetracked from behind and uh killed instead i do think it's kind of interesting that his old man persona his disguise is very similar to his killing joke outfit that he wears when he yeah. comes to shoot barbara uh mm-hmm. and there's kind of a symmetry there that's very intentional yeah, definitely so i like that oh touch. yeah and she she comes at him in her own home much like joker did for gordon yeah yeah, yeah. so so some nice symmetry there uh that feels just but there's some gorgeous pages you know joker standing against the bat signals gorgeous we mentioned him coming out, you know, with the gun and uh, getting yep. snuck up upon. All that stuff in the subway, uh, where you see Phantasm. So you're looking through the window in the subway door, and the Phantasm's coming down from the other car. Yep. Just beautiful stuff. And the guys that's streaming against... It's like a horror movie. It's a straight-up horror it movie. It is. It is. It's, it's, the Phantasm's like the shape. It, it's not a matter of if, but when. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm digging it. I'm on board. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what are you giving this one, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give this an 
Yeah, I, I'm so tempted to go with that one nudge higher, but I think I'll agree with 8.5. But it's getting there. Like, I think Rorschach wowed me right away. This one, you know, had some good stuff in the first issue, but it wasn't a complete home run yet. I think it's getting there now. I Also, I think with me, the fact that I we're so, like, I don't want to say bogged down, but we're so immersed in Future State yeah. that something that's taking place in more familiar times feels nice. Yeah. So the fact that I got through that and then I got this, you know, which is just a story. And like, sure, it takes place in the future, but it's not future state. It's different. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's more familiar that it's comforting like a hug. Yeah. I mean, I think as much as future state has some exciting elements and some stuff that's not mm-hmm. good, I think we're going to be happy when it's done and we're back to like mm-hmm. regular DC books. But... And that that's it with when they do all other gimmicky things. Yeah. Not that future state's just a gimmick, but like once Villains Month was over or whatever. I was happy to get back into what we were doing. I genuinely think, obviously, next week's our last first week of books again for Future mm-hmm. State. I do right. genuinely think that February will feel much nicer because we'll just we'll, we'll know which ones to skip. Yeah, you know, we won't be as as bogged down in numbers. Uh, in we won't feel as much of a chore with yeah. some of the books because right. we'll have got rid of those already. Yeah. So there you go. That's Rorschach issue. Oh, sorry, that's Batman Catwoman issue two. Yes. Which takes us yeah. on to Rorschach issue four. Tom King writing with Jorge Fornes on the art. Uh, so this is uh, the the inspector or the detective is is looking into mm-hmm. more of where the the the, the cowgirl went right. So As, our story we have a name for her now, or like a code name. Uh, the kid, the kid, yeah, rich. Uh, okay. So this is the story of how she kind of a how she thinks uh, after leaving her father. As we got the backstory mm-hmm. the last issue. But particularly the story, uh, the the detective is is, is interviewing this guy who's in like a really high security prison, and it's yep. someone who worked in the circus with her, because she would mm-hmm. do a show where she would uh, shoot bottles as the guy was juggling them, and it's really impressive. That's how it is. She never starts. misses. Yeah, never that, misses. He drives that home, you know. Which is very important, I think, for the context of what the crime we, yep. the, the crime scene we got. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, so it's this story of her befriending the strong man, right? Uh, where so this guy fall, fell in love with her, and he's like, "Oh yeah, she was a sweet kid, and she, you know, she would talk to me. I wasn't really friends with anyone else there, but she grew close to me. We'd have lunch every day, we'd have dinner, uh, we got really close, and it led to this moment where this this drunk guy was sort of bragging about beating his wife up, and the kid came up to her, or come up to this strong man out of the blue and said, "I'm going to kill him." I'm going to shoot him because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want her to get into trouble, so when he sort of came across this drunk guy leaning against the the, the balcony of, like, because they're out like the docks, there's like a lot of seafront stuff, yeah. uh, he decided to take it upon himself to push him over so that she wouldn't get into trouble, and he gets away with it, and it kind of grow, you know, they grow closer as a result. Uh, and she doesn't come to speak to him for a while, uh, and he starts to feel really kind of like, oh no, does she not like me anymore? And then she shows up and says, I figured out who you are. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm, I've never lied to you about who I am. He's like, no, I know who you are. You're Rorschach. And that's where it pivots into him explaining to the detective the way her mind works, or what the, her theory is that all yeah. of the heroes from Watchmen, Baron Ozymandias, who refused, but right. Dr. Manhattan turned, basically destroyed all of the bodies of the, the other physical heroes. physical bodies. The physical bodies. And put their souls into other people. So she believes that the soul of Rorschach is in the strong man. That is what right. she believes. And he even believed it. Because right. she was so convincing. She sold it so much because the you know, the the space squid attack 
led to, you know, like her dad talking about the squid gets a hold of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in order to fight that kind, Dr. Manhattan knew that they had to take the heroes and kind of do the same thing. So now the heroes can inhabit their, you know, their souls can inhabit new bodies. And that's how the, the superheroes continue in this new world. And, uh, did you say that he's the strong man in the circus act? I think that's you know, what so it was. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a big brawny guy. He's, he's, which also is the complete opposite of the Rorschach that we knew from the comic. Oh, who's for sure. Smaller, you know, the smaller guy who's wiry. That you know, he's not going to be put down. This guy is built like a professional wrestler. And I think you know the pacing of like when he when he says this explain this 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 theory, mm -hmm. and we see these panels of like all of their bodies been taken away. Uh, there's just this great empty space with no dialogue, this awkward pause before the the, the the investigator eventually says, you've got Rorschach's soul in you, that's what she told you. There's like an awkward pause before it, and he believes it so much because he's in love with her that we get this, you know, several pages as he's telling more of the story of him killing multiple people. Like, he's going around going killing people for, for her. Dressed as Rorschach. Now. Yeah, dressed as Rorschach, yeah. yeah. So, he became Rorschach, uh, and it's this brutal thing, and there's some little mythology stuff as he's doing this, where we hear on the TV, like when he gets caught, or just before he gets caught, one of the guys he kills is watching TV talking about the election, uh, and yeah. it mentions that uh, Redford. that Redford won for the first time in 2016. I thought that was a really interesting year to pick. No, he won. This would be his fourth term. This is his fourth term in 2016. Okay, yeah, right. and it'd be the fourth since you know Nixon had four. Yeah. Right, and Redford took over, and because of Vietnam, because Vietnam became a state and Watchmen, their fifty-seven electoral votes, which we have a lot of issues with the electoral college, even in fiction, um, you know, fifty-seven that puts him over, and that the Republicans are going to have to go back to the drawing board because the guy that they picked this time was supposed to bring them closer, and it didn't. So there's a lot of kind of real-world illusions going on to that 2016 election of Robert Redford, you know, that led to what's going on now that the investigators looking after with, you know, the 2020 election. Um, and, and what we knew from the last uh, issue when he was talking to the waitress at the yeah. diner and all of that stuff. So that plays in real well. well um, I mean, we've, we've spoken about how this, this issue is very much about how extremists are born and how, yeah. how, how she was brainwashed by her dad. And Well, and that's the whole thing is you say this is her idea of how she thinks. I don't think so. I think she realized this guy is very impressionable. And that, oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. You, I, yeah. I was saying, you're saying that she doesn't really believe this, but she's, this is yeah. what she's told him. Okay. This yeah. is what she's told him because she knows that she can use him to get what she wants done. And how we know how she came to the old man almost feels a lot of the same way. Like she sought him yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. You have to assume that. Like she basically convinced the old man, the artist, to the same thing. Similar way. Yeah. And that here they talk about they bonded over comics and that he loved the the pirate character, mm -hmm. the big strong man. And that that's what they bonded over, even though he says that he hasn't seen the movie, the new one, right? Then you find out, oh, he's in jail. And so it's almost like she played into the whole black and white good versus evil to this simpler guy. You know, because as he says, yeah. I'm just a guy that can move heavy things. There's nothing special about me. But like, no, he's, you know, 
he's a strong man in the circus. People come to see him. He is very special. But he's, he's, but, he's so devout because even after right. he's caught, because you know there's like a big manhunt mm-hmm. and they all like spring a trap mm-hmm. on him, and he gets arrested and he's put in his, he gets shot right and he wakes up and he never like blames her. He actually is, he, he he believes in her so devoutly. He's like, right. no, she's going to save the world. She's so important. She's going to do right. this, which makes the, the the final page I think is so good because mm-hmm. the the inspector gets up and after again it's after like an awkward pause that there's no dialogue in that mm-hmm. first panel. He just says. Because the big guy's like, oh, I never knew her name. She was always just a kid and she's special and she's going to save the world. He just gets up and says, the kid's name is Laura Cummings. She's dead. Found another sucker. Dressed him up with the same stuff you were wearing. Right. No one gets saved. And it's like, uh, he, you know, he's, he's so, he's heard this rhetoric come from this guy who believed all this delusional stuff mm-hmm. that he, he just tries to shut it down. He, he almost get that he really wants to make this guy see that, just how crazy everything he's been saying sounds. Right, because this guy was taking advantage of yeah you know and, and immediately it wasn't like and this is the part that feels so true to life right the idea of conspiracy mm-hmm. theories the idea of like people mm-hmm. convincing themselves of these things is the yeah. guy says what and then a panel later starts laughing and says no that didn't stop rorschach and it's not stopping her either trust me they're right. still out there and they're still going to save the world uh and it's this idea that oh that conspiracy you believed in for a long time that said this mm-hmm. was going to happen then didn't happen no 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 the goalposts have moved it's not stopped them. Right. They're going to still do the thing. Well, it's it's the power of belief, you know, and it can be weaponized. And that's what I feel like here. Mm-hmm. She knew that. She learned that from her dad. And so whatever, whatever happened now, this is also a world where Dr. Manhattan exists and, you know, weird things have happened. So who's to say that there's not a little bit of ounce of truth by the end, you know, of, of something going on that this investigator is going to come across? Because, I mean, to me, that's what Watchmen is at its heart, is like, yeah, everything's what it looks like until it doesn't, you know, because to the people, that squid's still attacked, right? But we know from from the comic that that was all Ozymandias' plot. Yeah, there is no so, other squid. Yeah, there's no second. Because that's the right. other thing, is that she believes, or at least she's, she's telling him she believes. Right. And I think she does believe, because her dad believed it, is that the, the right. second wave of squid are coming. <laughs> like Right, exactly. So we all know what the truth behind all this is, but also this is also a world where Dr. Manhattan existed and changed, you know, changed things. It's, yeah, it's almost so it's almost like so, things are even worse because there's a plausible reason to think that something extremely bizarre right. could happen. Right. So, so who knows? It's it's another this book still's so damn good. Like Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. I like it, I I I guess like, quickly I might like it more than Strange Adventures now. I might, but it's hard. I, it's really tough. To, they're both, yeah. They're I don't so know different. if I could say one's better than the other, but they have similar themes because they're both kind of about what, what is the truth, you know, in that, you know, you, when you're looking back at things in Strange Adventures, like, sure, you're the hero in the moment, but what does that mean in the future? And here, it's kind of like, well, what you believe is what drives you forward, even if it's right or wrong, right? So... It's yeah. There again. This is Tom King. That this and like it was a good week for Tom King this week. Yes. Between Bat and Cat and then this, and these are the two that I saved for last. So like, you know, it made made the whole week me struggling yeah. to get through some of the future state stuff that much sweeter. Yeah, Rorschach was the last thing I read as well, and it was kind of intentional just to leave like this well, to the end. Because where it's been, I feel like it's gonna ruin the next thing I read. Yeah. Because it's not as good. And just the Fornes art here, 
it's not so much in the shadows until we see this big hulking, you know, Rorschach running around. Everything is very much in the light, which is kind of different than what we've had, which was a nice change, you know, um, with his story of of the carnival and all this other stuff and the story of the kid. And, yeah, we're starting yeah. to see the bigger picture, so it makes sense that it's more in the light. But it also, I, I do feel there's going to be a swerve for the detective where it's going to get worse again because there's going to be mm-hmm. like a new element that's introduced that actually adds more mystery to it. But right now, yep. he feels like he's he understands who this 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 girl is and what mm-hmm. what type of person she was. I just the idea that she never misses and yet she missed. What yes. is that about? Like that that now just keeps getting brought up to me. That's the sticking as, point. That's that's the thing that doesn't add yeah. up now because it, otherwise it feels uh-huh. like you could sort of predict what this is now. But we have yep. you know we have what eight more issues and. Eight more? Yeah. We're, we're at the quarter of the way through and we're still not any more clear than we were the first. Like, we have her motivation now. Yes. But not not so much how she ended and, up. And we have and we have themes now. The social commentary about oh, uh, extremism and, uh, you know, manipulation of people and into a following and political. Like, all that stuff is there. Yep. And it's been so well done and it speaks to the real world so much that Taylor, no, or Taylor, <laughs> King yeah, knows exactly was what he's doing. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, so. this is a guy that still lives in D.C. He is immersed in that world. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, he, uh, he literally had to alter the where he walks his dog because of the extra security yeah. after the Capitol yep. incident. So, you know. Yeah. So, like, it's so and the fact that he was in the CIA and like he just has this. It, it's nice. It, it's. Finding a way through comics, yeah. Because I mean, that was the other thing is that they they bonded over comics and the way that they talk about it. And I, I got Tom King's perspective on comics too, which I like. Where he's like, "Yeah, some people say that they're just for kids, but actually, they're for everybody." You know. So the fact, like all of the stuff, it's almost like he's working out his thoughts on what's going on now in in 2020, 2021 in the pages of something most people think are for kids. That's just another layer. Much, honestly, much like the TV show. I mean, Alan Moore probably hates them, but I think that this is yeah. using the Watchmen property to tell, it, or to, to, to tell a story and talk about something the same way the Watchmen did. I mean, yeah. Regardless and of quality, not... which one you you know, if you think, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying Tom King's as good as Alan Moore. I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement. No, no, no. But I feel like it's taking. It's almost kind of like what Alan Moore did with Superman. He didn't change Superman exactly. Just the stories that he told he added another layer to them, right? So, like, he created these Watchmen characters based off of the Charlton characters, and, you know, now they're not necessarily using them, they're using what they represent to tell that story, because the TV show does the same thing. Like, you, I mean, sure, uh, Silk Spectre shows up, but other than that, you're talking about these characters that existed and what that means in the world now. And I think that's a very smart way versus how they did like the before Watchmen where you're very much in there with those characters, you know, that leads to those events. This is the the fallout and even Doomsday Clock. I mean, sure, uh, Adrian Veet's a character in there, but it just it feels like it's honoring Watchmen, not just using its name. If that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, so. But as a task issue, uh, Matt, what are you given Rorschach issue? Uh, this, this is a 9.5. Oh, I was going to go to the straight nine, but I respect that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine out of ten from me. So there you go, that's Rorschach. 
So, uh, that'll take us on to, I think, Connor's Patreon books. I think that's all that's uh, left as far as I know. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so every month at patreon.com slash TV, uh, one of the higher tiers is to make myself a Connor read a book. Connor's catching up because, of course, he was missing for the month of December. Uh, so uh, is this you doing the last of the December books and the first of the January books? It is, yes. Right, okay. Uh, so start you off with uh, Redhood 52. Sure, why not? Uh, um, let me just get to a credits page where to tell you who's on it because it's there's a couple of artists on there, I, I believe. Not Lobdell. Nope. Uh, it's uh, Sean Martinborough writing with uh, Tony Akins and Morita uh, on the art, which is pretty uh, uneven. Uh, neither of them are turning in their best work, frankly, and the fact that you've got two artists on the same issue uh, without any like neat separation points or anything like that it just kind of feels like random pages or uh, this person you know back and forth so that's that's already pretty rough i have no idea what these two issues were doing i don't understand why it because it's setting up like a whole thing but as far as we know there is no red hood book i think there's a red hood story in the gotham anthology coming up right uh, I think that's written by someone we actually like, so maybe we'll try it. Um, but yeah, like th- you know, the, this that whole last issue was setting up that villain and setting up this uh, this family in the hill, which is a, a new area of Gotham that we've never heard of before. And this issue really just continues that. We have a lot more of you know Jason, you know, talking with this uh, you know the, the the girl he was with last time. Um, Donna, I think her name was, and you know, it, it makes it very clear explicitly for us, the audience, if we didn't get it last time, that she is that uh, rival vigilante. Uh, and then, you know, we've got a little bit more of a, the actual family interaction, because we knew about her sister, she was the, you know, the, the news anchor on TV, and we knew that their father was a figure in the community that, that you know, Jason knew. He, he was, you know, friendly with the whole family, it seems, at some point in the past. Um, but, you know, he basically goes to the, the diner that it, it, I think the dad owns. Uh, it, that's the impression I got. And, you know, they, they have breakfast uh, together, uh, him and Diner. But then uh, Denise, which is the sister, comes in as well because she's meeting a source, uh, which, uh, you know, is or, you know, going to meet a source, which is part of the other plot line. Um, and, and there's just a whole lot of family drama between these characters that I'm not yeah, like I say, you know, because it, it doesn't like really go anywhere by the end of this issue. It, it's it's adding a bunch of stuff, and I don't know why. Like I don't know. Well, I like I don't know if this was written thinking they had more issues. Maybe uh, like I I don't know because it doesn't feel like a two part. Is kind of what I'm getting at here. Uh, and you know, just some weird dialogue here with um, you know, uh, basically uh, during Joker War, uh, their father got hit by a car of some vigilantes who were chasing some uh, a joker gang um but they hit their dad and you know, he, you know he, he's lost his leg because of it he's got like a prosthetic leg now and one sister yeah, denise who's the news anchor you know hates all vigilantes now because of it um and donna puts on a show of, of hating it you know it's 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 like oh yeah you know nothing we are nothing to do with that i mean there's there's like some awareness maybe that her, she was part of a neighborhood watch group that was, you know, involved in some of this vigilantism, 
And Jason's like, oh, you know, vigilantism, that's a bad thing. Yeah, you don't want to cross that line. And it's really, I'm really confused as to whether or not they know that he's Red Hood because they're, they're, they're like, there's a point later where he comes to her as Red Hood and he's talking to her in her outfit. And they, they go and, you know, uh, take out this villain together. And it feels like maybe she knows. And I'm like, I'm really confused. I don't know. It's very unclear. Um, I think she does. But again, th that murkies up all this dialogue early on. So it's just like a, a mess. Uh, but basically, you know, Croc is working with this fashion designer villain. They've got a, a whole scheme that they're going to do. You know, Red Hood and the other one, they, they, they take him down. Um, that's that's it. That's the issue. Then there's a there's a bit at the end where Jason moves into the apartment at last. That one that he's he's owned for years. Um, so he starts moving in and and he's like, oh, there's a little present on a table when he turns around and uh, or uh, he turns around and looks at, it and uh, it doesn't show us what's in the box, but it's a, a housewarming gift from Bruce, who's the, the final page or the final panel is, uh, you know, Jason looking out the window over at Bruce, who's you know in in the bat suit. Uh, on the opposite, you know, rooftop, staring in the at the window, smiling. I'm like, what? Is, what is going on? What? What's happening here? Where? Where has this come from? I don't. I don't understand any of the context of this. It feels like it's just out of nowhere. Um, it's it's a strange two issues. Um, pretty rough. Very dense. Very bad pacing. Really, some quite rough art as well. Uh, especially the action sequence in this, where they're like uh, chasing on. It's a it's like a car chase, but you've also got a couple of them jumping on top of the cars and running, you know, you know leaping between the cars. Uh, it looks terrible, frankly. Um, and usually in, in these issues, the action at least looks okay. Uh, and the art has been, frankly, the best part of the book for most of the previous 50 issues. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I really haven't got much positive to say about this issue. It's kind of a mess. Don't understand why we did it. Um, give it a three out of ten. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, your other Patreon book is uh, Undiscovered Country, issue 11. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Snyder and Sol writing and uh, Cameron Coley and Grassi on art. Uh, same as it's been all art, basically. Um, this is a pretty interesting issue in that it gives us a lot of answers uh, and it, it, it propels the book going forward in quite a meaningful way. So it picks up directly after the last cliffhanger where you've got uh, Valentina and Ace are on the Capitol Hitler. They're in the Capitol building where all the, the children's brains are powering this whole, uh, you know, a, not AI, but, you know, the, the everyone being linked, uh, that machine. It's been so a minute since I've heard you talk about this book and I feel like it's a fever dream already. Yeah, because you weren't here the last time I spoke about no. the last couple of issues, so you you'll have like no idea what's going on anymore. Nope, not at all. Yeah, um, but so there's there's the mummified looking version of Doctor Jane, who's controlling everything in Unity, because that that was the whole concept of Unity is, uh, they're basically all connected in this computer program, and it's being powered by all these ch child brains. And we do actually get an explanation for this. Uh, basically, um, uh, Jane goes off uh, to get the, the others. And it's like, hey, look, you, you've got to make a choice. The, you know, the reason Aurora brought you here is you've got to choose which, which zone will benefit the outside world the most. 
so you know they, they had a key from destiny and they get given a key here uh and the key for unity is a first generation ipod because uh, all of them uh you know some sort of cultural thing to do with america um uh, but the the idea here is the keys don't just let you go through to the next zone and you know and walk the spiral as they've been told they're actually given a choice each time they get a key they can choose to leave america and return to the outside world and take whatever that zone uh, propagated with them to try and fix their problems so in this case if they chose to leave unity instead of going to the next zone they could return home and take this uh, unity system uh, with everyone being hooked up and take that to the world and solve the problems that way. So no, they don't find a direct cure, but the idea is they could, with the, with all the brain power everyone connected like that, it would be easy. They would find a they would create a cure pretty quickly. And Unity represents the the technological advances in America. You know, we get a big great uh, great double page spread of uh, of Dr. Jane telling them through the, you know the, the history of you know what America is. You know, the idea that you know it created all these. You know the first functional telephone. You know the airplane, um, television, uh, first mass-produced cars, and the idea that technology in in America was produced. You know the, the the goal of the innovation was always to bring each other closer, but so that they could actually be more disconnected. So the idea that we can talk on the phone after don't have to see each other, but but, but that means you know you know that's that trade-off. Uh, we, you know they invented the you know we could fly so that we can actually live further apart. So you know there are these these trade-offs and you know the idea of the the dichotomy of technology and and its advancement and, and that stuff's all really interesting and she you know she brings them all into this world and, and gives them the choice and it's like I'll I'll leave you to go and decide what you want to do uh, if if you want to take this out um, but don't it's not quite as sinister as it seems I'm going to explain all the kids' brains basically uh, you know it started with when in Unity whenever you turned seventy you uploaded yourself into it and you powered it. Uh, you kind of made that that choice, but that was not going to be enough power. So they they legislated that every second-born child uh, has to be given up to this, um, like, like as soon as they're born. They have no experiences. They have nothing. They are as soon as that child is born, they're taken and, and hooked up to this, and they they you know they put them in like a, a fake virtual world, so they're you know happy. They you know basically they matrix them. It's fine. Uh, is is the logic here that, that she presents, um, and then it's like right, okay, now you know the truth. You have to choose, but be warned: no other American zone is as stable as Unity. No, no other zone is so civilized. They're all just like like uh, like Destiny was. They're all just different flavors of brutality. Um, and so she vanishes off and, and leaves them to make the choice. And uh, of course, they choose to uh, advance. They're like, you know what? They take the gamble that. Maybe this would solve the problems, but we don't want to give up, you know, people's independence and free will in the, in this way. So we're going to carry on. But of course, it was all a trick. Jane, you know, she shows back up. And is like, yeah, I didn't really put you back in the real world like I said I did when when you were making your decision. I just put you in a fake version that you'd think that, and it was a test. And if if you chose us, then oh, I would have let you go, but you didn't. So uh, yeah, I've uh, moved you all to the Capitol building, and you're all uh, hooked up inside the machine now. So good luck with that. And and that's you know that that's the uh, that's the final cliffhanger basically being you know just like yeah I'm I'm gonna do that you you live out the rest of your days here hooked up and uh, I'll find a way to expand to the rest of the world without you don't worry about it um, but it's really interesting issue like, uh, 
there's a there's a lot of conversations and explanations, but I think that's what this book needed at this point because it's been pretty vague for a good handful of issues, especially this arc. Um, and this put a statement on what the purpose of the book is, and uh, you we'd got hints of what the purpose of the zones were, but now it's like okay, I've got an idea of why they're here, what their mission is beyond just find a cure for the sky virus. This this really gives us something to go on and and a a plan moving forward, and presumably they'll escape this next issue. I think next issue is the last issue of the arc. They'll escape Unity and reach the next zone, whatever that may be, and maybe find out that it's worse than what Unity is, and maybe they should have taken Unity, uh, maybe they should have taken the deal. Um, I, I suspect the point is for them to get to the end and realize they need all of them together to, to be the answer somehow. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see where it goes. That um, It's a real solid issue. It's, a, it's an 8 out of 10. Nice. All right. Nice. All right. Uh, well, that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and of course, top five books, which I'm sure will be highly contested this week since we all had so many. Uh, so, yeah, favorite panel slash moment, Matt. Uh, it's going to be from Superman uh, at War, uh, the world world's at war, and it's where uh, Sadie. Because no, he's he's Clark Kent. Clark Kent saved me. That that moment hit me like a brick. Yeah, yeah, uh, Connor. Uh, similar idea. Uh, I'm going with from Superman, uh, World of War. Um, I'm actually doing just the the, the brief segment in War World. Uh, mm-hmm. It's you know Superman, you know, knowing he has no powers and he's just got this sword and shield and basically no armor, and just still being like, stay behind me. You're gonna make it home. Uh, I thought that was a great capper to the issue. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a bunch of Catwoman I could take. I'm actually gonna go with mm-hmm. the Mortal Wonder Woman, but it's a Superman moment. It's the, it's the, mm-hmm. you know, who else is even left? Oh, of course. And just like mm-hmm. Superman there. I think because it was just yeah. more surprising that I yeah. got this, this, this popping Superman moment and Wonder Woman. Uh, but I'll go with that. Uh, best cover of the week. I guess I will jump in here first. I was looking a little bit. Um, there's a few that I like. There's a lot of books, so it makes sense. There's a few. I, I mean. Not picking, but I think the variant for Shazam is actually really good. I haven't seen uh, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Gerard Perel. Uh, very nice. Uh, the main Catwoman cover is very nice. Uh, obviously, Jim Bertel's Wonder Woman cover is, is wonderful. It's a Matina, Mr. Miracle, Deceased cover. Uh, it's hard to fault that. Uh, but I actually think, uh, having said all of that, um, I actually just really like the main Nightwing cover, which is just Nightwing crouched on the Arkham Gates. With lightning is it, uh, Nicholas Scott. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to fault it. Uh, plus, it's, it's almost black and white, except Nightwing himself has obviously got the blue on him. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it's really nice and simplistic from a color perspective. So, that's my pick. Uh, Connor, yours? Yeah, I'm just looking. Um, obviously, the, the, the Jen Bartel uh, Wonder Woman cover would be the easy pick. But I actually really like the, um, the uh, variant. I'm just trying to see who that one is. Uh, Peach Momoko. Um, mm-hmm. It's so different. I really like it, but um, the, I, you know, I, I might have to go with the uh, the Federici uh, variant for Superman: Worlds of War. It's just like so, just out there and different. I'm like, oh no, that's a great looking, striking cover. All right, Matt. Uh, it's gonna be the Rorschach main cover. Yeah, the just, strongman. Uh, the, the, the strongman, but because it looks like an old circus poster, mm-hmm. and they did a really good job. The colors are just off enough. That it kind of seems like faded, and then at the bottom it makes a Rorschach, that also makes the guy's face, 
or at least that's what I see. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's the whole idea of a, of a Rorschach. So, yeah. A lot, lot, lot of good covers this week. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of books, so I mean... That's true. Uh, chances were higher. Uh, all right. Best uh, art of the week. Now, this is interesting because I suppose I think the rule this so far this month has been we have to count the book as a whole. When it, we can't just say for that one story in the book. Which is which is a real shame because otherwise I'd probably be picking Bartel. But you have to include the second story. But I have to yeah. include the second story. So, yeah, probably that's, changes my answer. That's the challenge. Uh, Matt, you got one ready to go? Oh uh, yeah, it's George Fornes for Rorschach. I guess it's without without you know I wanted to pull Janin, but I wasn't that big on the the rest of the Superman worlds at war. Yeah. Clay Man was was close. Uh, the Catwoman Otto Schmidt is up there, but just all around as a whole, I mean it's hard to beat Fornes right now. Yeah, I think That's the true. main story in both Superman and Immortal Wonder Woman were both really good, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I'm kind of stuck in the same three. It's Schmidt for Catwoman, it's Jorge Fornes for Rorschach, and Clayman for Batman Catwoman. I actually think I'm going to nudge it in this case to... Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to go out with Schmidt for Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, gonna, there you go. I was going to give it a, a Clayman because the, the Phantasm stuff especially looks so good, but I'm thinking of all those action sequences in Catwoman, and they're just so wonderfully done. So I'm actually going to give Schmidt the slight upset win here. Uh, I, uh... I really thought you were going to go with Man, just because, kind of by default, I'm left with Catwoman, in in the sense that, you know, like the the Janin or Bartel stories are both phenomenal, but as a as a whole issue, Catwoman is probably ahead of uh, overall uh, is ahead of those uh, and Schmidt there, and obviously I didn't read uh, those other two books to choose from, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, I'm going with Schmidt. All right, all right, top five books of the week, Matt. Then go heads with it. All right, so number one is going to be Rorschach. Two is Deceased Dead Planet. Three is Batman Catwoman. Four is Catwoman. Oh, no. I'm going to swap those. Catwoman, then Batman Catwoman. And then... hmm, I'll go Superman Worlds of War. Cool. Connor? Uh, So I'm going Catwoman first. Then Superman Worlds of War, then Dead Planet. Uh, and then after that, I think Immortal Wonder Woman. And then uh, next Batman, I guess, kind of where, where I'd land. Yeah, I think I think uh, number one for, for me, Future State Catwoman, because I'd rate that highest. Number two, Rorschach. Number three... Batman Catwoman, number four. This is where it's a little bit hairier. Uh, I'm not going on my numbers here. I'm going in gut instinct. So technically, if, even if I averaged out some of the anthology stuff to be lower, I might have a higher ranked here. Uh, I think I have to put Superman Worlds at War next at number four. And then... And then... We'll, yeah, we'll go Dead Planet at number five. There you go. Uh, so, I think that was five that I said. <laughs> I mean, it's my thought process in the middle got so out there that I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yes, Catwoman number one, Rorschach number two, Batman Catwoman number three, uh, Worlds of War number four, and then number five, uh, Dead Planet. But very competitive, which is good. I mean, um, I think it's easy to get bogged down with some of the mediocre backups, but a lot of the main stories this week were actually very, very good. Mm. Uh, so... 
That is Skills on a Tale is coming next week from DC Comics uh, for our final first week of Future State. Uh, although the first book here is not a Future State book, it's Strange Adventures issue 8. So uh, we have another Tom mm-hmm. King uh, tour de force next week. But we have Future State Dark Detective issue 2. Uh, we have uh, Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn Issue Force coming out, as is Joker Harley Criminal Sanity. So those are out. Uh, but we have Future State Batman Superman Issue 1. We have Batman The Adventures Continue Issue 8. Batman Black and White Issue 2. Uh, the Other History of DC Universe Issue 2 is out. There's a lot of other books out next week, actually, I'm realizing. Uh, although most of them are stuff that we either dropped or don't cover. So, I mean, a uh, little sigh of relief there. Uh, but we have Future State Suicide Squad Issue 1. Future State Superman vs. Imperius Lex Issue 1, Future State Aquaman Issue 1, Future State Legion of Superheroes Issue 1, as opposed to Legion of Superheroes Issue 12, which, was that good, Matt? Was that bad? Uh, it's fine. It's, it wrapped up the stuff. Rogel yeah. and Kryptonians and just... Uh, okay. <laughs> he, he was kind of the Great Darkness, but not really, so, yeah. Cool. All right. It's in my box now, though, so... Just uh, sorry. That box away. Just, I just left. I was clicking on uh, some of the issues to see what next week i did on league of comic geeks where we look at this i didn't realize people yeah. could leave comments yeah and I, I clicked on the uh the legion of superheroes comment uh you know just the book to see um i was like oh yeah yeah it's that one yeah and uh i saw the comment uh and it's just a comment ragging on rosberg's art oh that's funny um uh, but, but, uh yeah i mean Connor's gonna be reading that next week so it's exciting <laughs> Connor, you know, I was not expecting you to to use that alias. <laughs> um, so in terms of future state, though, so obviously we have Strange Adventures, but in terms of future state, that that leaves us with Dark Detective, Batman, Superman, uh, Suicide Squad, Superman versus Imperious Lex, Aquaman, and Legion of Superheroes. So this is kind of this is the weirdest week. I'm not even sure what to expect from a lot of these. Uh, like Superman versus Imperious Lex is Matt Russell, so it's probably going to be solid. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad. Don't care about the main story, but the backup story is Black Adam. So I'm kind of interested in that. Mm. Um, Batman Superman is Gene Lung Yang, Uh uh, who's obviously taking over the main book in March. Uh, Who's on Aquaman? Brandon Thomas. Not familiar. Uh, uh, I mean, the good news is is that even if you're reading all the future state books, it's still actually a much quieter week next week. So that's plus. Well, and I feel like I skip suicide squad just because of the credentials of you know sure. i'm not big on robbie thompson uh, so i i mean I'll, I'll probably i'm hell maybe i'll give it a try i don't know we'll see and uh, i'm not touching legion with a 10-foot pole sorry. so comment Con- connor's covering that though don't worry you, you, you leave me on I my know. own you leave me hanging with the legion man you're the you're the legion man yeah i know but ben just hurt that so like i gotta take a break a little bit bruised <laughs> sure you know. i'm not gonna lie there's a little bit of satisfaction knowing after after years of of yes. you going, I oh, want a Legion ball, I want a Legion ball. And then being so excited because you got yeah. Bendis of all people on Legion ball. I was so disappointed. And now you're like, no, Bendis ruined it for me. Yeah, not like that. It's, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's a little bit of satisfaction from that. Yeah. No, so, but I do get the, the Mark Russell Superman book because the last time Mark Russell did stuff with these characters, it, it tends to go my way. So I'm I'm excited for that. Um yeah, and it is Yang on Batman Superman. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't sure if it was him yet or if I it was someone just else. Said that. Yeah, I know. I was agreeing. I was saying I is him oh, on that. Yeah, I'm very excited for Strange Adventures just because it's. Uh, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. I'm, I'm more excited for Strange Adventures than I am for any of the future state stuff. But yeah, uh, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's good to see it there. Yes. You know? Yeah, I think it's a different backup in 
Dark Detective as well. It's, it's talking about a Red Hood story, not Grifter. So. Uh, yeah, we knew that. Oh, yeah, I'd obviously just forgotten. Yeah, Grifter was always... Oh, uh, coming. I, think, I think all the ones that have four issues, which I think is just Dark Detective and next Batman, because Batman, mm-hmm. uh, they, their backups alternate. Alternate. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, alright, so that's what's coming next week. Uh, so that leads me to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So I will thank Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Thank you to you guys uh, for being Patreon producers, which means you are $20 or more on patreon.com slash TV. But you can support us, of course, over there, everyone else, for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming, help uh, the, the, the podcast thrive, uh, you can also support us for free by simply hitting the like button on YouTube, uh, commenting, subscribing, all that stuff. All of it does help. Uh, and catch us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast uh, for updates and if you want to ask questions and stuff like that. And whenever we do have a questions episode when there's a late week of books, which is the opposite of this week, uh, sometimes we'll ask <laughs> on Twitter uh, for, for that sort of stuff. Um, also, not entirely related to comics, but I will make a point of promoting it here, uh, here at the end. Uh, because we had 10,000 subscribers on the main Mail Fuzz TV YouTube channel, uh, we're doing a user voted for top 50 TV shows of all time. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, you can easily find the link to submit your top 20 or more TV shows. You can find it on the MailFuzz Twitter, which is at mail underscore fuzz, or you can find it on the MailFuzz TV YouTube uh, channel. Uh, it's on the community tab. The, the, it'll still be the top post. There's not that many posts go up there. Uh, it'll have a link to the, the submission. And you can help uh, get your, some of your favorite TV shows uh, represented. There'll be a results show in February with myself and Connor revealing what the results of that that uh, vote is. So uh, if you're interested, obviously it's not directly can't be related, um, but uh, I did actually give this some thought that uh, when we were hitting 250 episodes on Multiverse that we might do something similar for, say, DC characters uh, for our audience to vote on. So uh, we're a little bit away from that. Yeah, still got more than 10 episodes away from that. But, uh, so oh, yeah. Right as we're incredibly busy with, with the new Infinite Frontier books. I oh, know, I'll be I'll be after that. I'll be on now. Yeah, well, we'll be after the first month of Infinite Frontier. Oh, that sure, many. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll drop stuff. Not even that many of yeah. them. Uh, so, uh, look forward to that hitting sort of mid-spring, summer, A-time. Uh, but yeah, uh, so go have a look at that. Uh, but otherwise, that is pretty much us, unless there's something I've forgotten to promote or push. Uh, previously, we'll be returning very soon. Very soon, very, very soon. Uh, so but we're recording it should be this coming week uh, I don't know if it'll be out before the next comics from the multiverse but it'll definitely it should be recorded before the next comics from the multiverse so I look forward to that uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it this has been comics from the multiverse episode 237 so thank you uh, keep reading DC comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force I guess the legion lived too long